Today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped, who just launched their fourth-generation performance package and their Shears 2.0 nail grooming kit. Join the Manscaped movement by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code LASERTIME. Top Gun goes airplane, an ape planet rises, and Hen Hathaway is anointed this week on 30 2010. Hello everyone and welcome to 302010, the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine, taking you on a rip-roaring journey across three whole decades in a single podcast. What do we mean by that? I have to figure out a different way to introduce it every time. Mm -hmm. But basically we look at what uh, movies, albums, video games, television shows came out in one week across three decades, 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Uh, We're in 1991, 2001, and 2011, and we're going to tell you all the cool stuff that happened between July 30th and August 5th across three whole decades. If you're joining us from last week, I'm so glad because we could talk about Planet of the Apes again, and I'll try and keep (laughs) it to a minimum. I'm Chris Antista, one of your hosts who else is with me. I'm Diana Goodman, and you have the whitest white part of the eyes I have ever seen. Do you floss? (laughs) (laughs) It's me, Sarah. And, uh, man, cannot wait to talk about this this show. There's a lot of, yeah, a lot of classics, I would say. I think yeah. one in each segment. And, Definitely. Um, and some fun news to go through. But before we can do that, i got to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash lasertime, uh, such as uh, executive producer The Miker. The Miker. New, one of, the, one of our newer patrons. And, cool. of course, many other fine people at patreon.com slash lasertime. We've been crowdfunded for um, six years or so. We're in the sixth season of this show. I would like to see us get to ten. And then um, let's see how the world looks. Let's see if it's still fair. If anything's still fun after that, uh, I, I maybe I should say that off the off the bat. I got I got a COVID test today. Yes, you did. Uh, yeah, despite I've been vaccinated, but um, I felt exposed. Hint, hint, Florida uh, mm. and uh, the king of the kings of COVID this summer. <laughs> um, and I thought I had symptoms, so I got uh, the test for the first time and. Dude, the the lady was really nice and warned me like this is gonna suck. Everybody hates it, and like <laughs> it was just like getting a shot as a nine year old. Like, was that it? Do it again. So, how many times have you had the test? Never. Oh, this is your first. Never. Time? This is my first time. Oh, wow. We were very well behaved in lockdown. Didn't have any yeah, leaks okay. of any kind. And I mean, okay. I work from home all the time anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's my, just want to say that to people. Not only should you go get vaccinated, like getting a test was. Luckily, I had some. I have the worst insurance possible. Mm-hmm. Made it free. Yeah, it's free at like every CVS and Walgreens. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to wait a day or twenty four hours for the result mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I I have a housemate who needs to come home soon, and I don't want to be able to tell her, "Hey, I got I got that. <laughs> I'm riding high in that Delta variant right now. Don't come mm-hmm. home yet." Um, but just saying, doesn't did not hurt. Was not that unpleasant. Mm-mm. It was over so fast. I just couldn't believe it. I thought it. Yeah. I thought it sounded like some Egyptian mummification process. I was a little scared. <laughs> Nothing. So not yeah, only was, so you got the full nasal swab one. Yeah. I just, I just want to like whatever we can for everyone left out there who is not vaccinated and or has not been tested. Neither are scary. Yeah. Simple processes. Go do it. One or the other. They're very simple. Anyway. Yeah. Um, just getting that out of the way. That was just just me being safe. And then I, yes, like I said to Sarah, I'm like, turns out it's, just, it's I'm just sick with none of that 
fucking antibody. <laughs> just a regular sickness. I almost wish <laughs> they, I almost wish they told me I got it. And then I'd have those sweet antibodies. I mean, yeah. And then that's like true. now it just feels like a waste. Yeah. I'm sick anyway. But uh, 1991, beginning where we always do, 1991, 30 years ago, July 30th through August 5th, a little bit of news to bring you up to speed. Here's a rough one. Um, Rick James is arrested for kidnapping and torturing a woman with a crack pipe. Oh. I believe him and his his partner, right? Him and his girlfriend. Girlfriend. Who eventually, this whole story is so awful. So he and his girlfriend basically kidnapped a woman for like a week, uh, tied her up, burned her with a crack pipe, forced her to perform sex acts. Uh, You know, she goes to the cops and uh, he and the girlfriend get arrested. While they're out on bail in 1992, they do it again. Why? What? They held a woman for about a day, (laughs) tie her up, beat her. They are super, super cracked up. Uh, Eventually, they... Uh, I believe she pled guilty. I think he was found guilty and he got five years and served two. Okay. Yeah. So no, Rick James is a fascinating guy, but he is not the lovable cartoon character that a lot of people think, seem to think because of Chappelle show. Oh, Thanks boy. Dave Chappelle. Thanks Dave Chappelle. It's, it's not his fault. I love that he keeps getting roped into this because he makes someone more pop culturally relevant. They want him to testify at R. Kelly's trial or in that documentary. He's like, I don't know that guy. Mm. I just made fun of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I don't know anything about him. I thought this was funny because I love it when we have some kind of parody with what's happening in the real world. 2021, let's say this week, Cleveland is having an issue with one of its sports teams' names. Yeah. Um, I think they're solving an issue. They are solving. Yeah, well, yeah well, solving an issue. And it's a good name. Yeah, it's a good name. about Cleveland, I'm, Guardians I'm saying, is a cool name. Let's say they're they're – finalizing 70-year-old issues with their name, and some of their fans are being total pieces of shit about it. Of course. But then in in terms of bad names in Cleveland, I've always wondered this. 30 years ago, I knew Diana wouldn't touch it for the person who passes, who we always tell you at the end of the show. Uh, Mm -hmm. Paul Brown, sports guy, has passed away. Famous coach and founder and namesake of the Cleveland Browns, the worst-named team of all time, and I never knew why. And now it... Paul Brown. <laughs> what, are there any other sports team named after a guy? Huh. <laughs> is, wow. Is there is there some man like like Winston Knickerbocker? Is that where the Knicks come from? Like mm? I said Knicker. Yeah. Sarah looked at me like I was crazy. No. <laughs> Knickerbocker. That's the Knicks. Uh Paul Brown, R.I.P. And I love I love ancient tech news. Thirty years ago this week, you don't care about CD burning? Me neither. But it was a big deal for a long time. And tech company, well, audio company, Denon, Denon, they're still around. Denon. Denon. They unveiled the first ever consumer CD burner and introduced CDRs, blank CDs. You can burn CDs. $40 a piece. And the recording, the recorder device itself is $19,000. Holy It would take another five years for these to kind of become, to catch on. Yeah. Nine. Do you... You could buy anything on the Columbia House app yeah, yeah. for nineteen thousand dollars. I don't think all you of it. You could buy everything. Every yes. Yeah. No. Adjusted for inflation, I figured out it's pretty much double from thirty years ago now. So mm. it's like a CDR costs you eighty dollars. Yes. Wow. And, and, and you, a recorder costs you forty grand. And you know what's less? Albums. It's un- yeah. none of it makes any sense. They mm-hmm. were eighteen ninety nine back then, so yeah. But I mean, how could you make your perfect mix CD oh. for the person that you're trying to uh, make out with in the back I, of a car in I, high school? <laughs> I tried to. I tried to. Yes, just when the mood gets just right, I did it all for the nookie. Uh, <laughs> 
I, I you really have to feel good about your your order of songs then if it's going to cost you eighty freaking dollars. I, okay. I tried to look into the technology of this and I couldn't really find much. I'm not even sure if that was a possibility. I still I think it may have been like a one one kind of thing. I don't think you could stop a burn uh, in the middle of a re- recording. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like yep. mix mix CDs weren't even may not even been. <laughs> I've never been able to control the order of songs at all. It's just a one-one thing. But, you know, CDs are still at your local library. Great way to steal music um, and feel good about it. 1991 movies. I don't know if anything's going to top last week. And I say that not remembering what we talked about. (laughs) Uh, But uh, we have Body Parts with Jeff Fahey and Kim Delaney. Oh, a guy gets an arm transplant and the arm tells him to kill. Yeah. The tale as old as time. I believe we rented this at a slumber party thinking there'd be nudity in it, and it didn't happen. You rented the wrong, you rented the wrong one this week yeah. for nudity, honestly. I know. I know, I know but that's <laughs> highlights Surprising. one of the other movies later in it's, the list. That's what I'm saying. Uh, even sexier. Well, uh, hold on. Sam told me the, um, the, back, the, the story of this because, of course, he's seen body parts. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I feel like the idea of someone getting a body part from, like, an evil person or a lot yeah. of times, like, a, a person who is, like, in prison for doing horrible things is such a common trope. Yeah, it was It's a, way mm-hmm. more common than I thought it was. Yes, it is a concept. I can't think of any specific Idle hands. Idle hands. Oh, yeah. That's what um, I think of with Devin Sawa. And a couple Simpsons Tree Houses of Horror, but like I, I know it was a I feel like it solid concept in black and white 50s uh, yeah. horror films. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it makes sense. And uh, then moving on to, I don't, it's not Mila Jovovich's first movie, but it, man, is it early because she looks super it's, young. It's very close to her first movie. Yeah. And, and Brian Krause returned to the Blue Lagoon. And this is just such a creepy little series. <laughs> He's, um, yeah. I, I had to go look and like, none of these guys are brother and sister. Are you positive? Like, okay, the movies make sense of it. But a 10 years in the making sequel to the Brooke Shields Blue Lagoon. Mm-hmm. And I believe... Uh, it's the same. It's it's just the same. It's kind of the same, but it's the son or the son of Brooke Shields meeting two right. more maroon people. Um, he becomes one of the maroon people. This family can't catch a break. I man. know. I know. Yeah, it's just it's the same as the original Blue Lagoon, where it's about uh, kids who end up stranded on an island, and then they hit puberty and they develop feelings. And Mia Jovovich is all of sixteen, and um, feel the way you feel like feeling about that. Okay. Because <laughs> like, there's a really interesting way to do that that's not pervy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead, it becomes reflective of a lot of trends in current pornography. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, but you're my sister. Anyway, uh, right. more importantly, on that tip, um, yes. that... why am I feeling this way about you? We've always just been best friends, and suddenly you've grown boobs, and I don't know what to do. And ah, sex. You're my stepbrother. Anyway, yeah. that joke didn't get any respect. Uh, neither did. <laughs> neither did. <laughs> Hey, neither did this movie. This movie, like 10 years in the making, supposedly began life with Harold Ramis in Rodney Dangerfield writing it as an R-rated film. I, I don't think any footage of that has seen the light of day. I don't think any footage exists because animation no. doesn't, doesn't will not have, that way. Yeah, will not have a deleted scenes that grand. Mm-hmm. But um, but it, the movie looks good. Uh, Rover Dangerfield is out with Rodney Dangerfield, starring Rodney Dangerfield and no one else. And mm. uh, no one liked it, not even Rodney Dangerfield. And it passed pretty quickly. Mm. Yeah, that there are so few like professional voice actors in this. Mm-hmm. That's the most confusing thing of all yeah. to me. It's like, how how are they not just like, well, no, no they're just like rant, rant people, hmm. you know, 
okay, whatever. Yeah, Rodney Dangerfield voices a dog who's owned by a Vegas showgirl, and then her boyfriend throws him off the Hoover Dam. No, I don't like that. <laughs> but he's okay, and then he ends up at a farm. But, oh, that's pretty crazy, because, you know, he's Rodney Dangerfield dog, and he's on his farm. Yeah. Huh. And there's wacky goings on. I, I, I think you could have made the case, especially a few years ago, that Rodney Dangerfield might have been a, a crossover care, have crossover belovedness from old people to kids. Yes. Kids like Rodney, mm-hmm. totally. Old people like Rodney, adults yeah. like Rodney. He kind of talks in a funny voice. Yeah, he's, he's kinda, been around forever. Huh? Yeah, yeah. He, he can be dirty. He can he can play G rated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I hate when he plays G rated. Yeah, I know. I hate it. I but, hate but rem- when you, he does stuff that's too child friendly. You, you have the luxury weird. now of seeing his R rated stuff. Most of that stuff was under lock and key, as far as my kidly ass was concerned in 1991 you could only see what he would do on talk shows or uh guest starring on full house or something like that i Mm -hmm. I didn't have access to his Mm -hmm. hbo specials or albums from the 60s but yeah rodney dangerfield just want to tip my hat to him even though i shit on his movie um yeah no i love rodney dangerfield it's just like ah yeah he made one good movie which (laughs) he made a couple back to school Okay. Again, Harold Ramis involved, and he made like a couple. They're like, eh, okay, you know, he was better as a supporting character, but just I don't understand why making him kid friendly when it's like so much of his humor is based on he's an ugly loser and his wife won't fuck him. <laughs> why am I laughing so hard at that? I have no idea. It was that's like, <laughs> like why um, make it that child friendly? Ah. Yeah, he did. Most of his movies were other than like Easy Money. They're all child friendly, and even yeah. even Caddyshack is a little watered down, Rodney. We're all going to get laid. It's like the dirtiest thing I say. Mm. Um, anyway, moving on to the movie. Oh I, I saw a lot uh, segued by boobs from the previous one. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I talked not, about nothing but that scene with Sarah, who has rewatched this. Bernard Hughes, Bridget Fonda, Woody Harrelson, Julie Warner, Michael J. Fox in Doc Hollywood. He was headed for Beverly Hills. He ended up in a small town, and he fell in love with her. Now he has to get through him. I heard that the women out there have their chests enlarged, their thighs vacuumed, and barked on purpose. (laughs) To find out if she and the small town are better than Beverly Hills and a career in plastic surgery. Doctors know more about sex than normal people. Michael J. Fox is Doc Hollywood. Rated PG-13. Special sneak preview Saturday. Mm -mm. Fake baseline. Ooh. (laughs) I love this movie. That was a strange take. I, that... <laughs> yeah, I find it. I loved this movie when I was young. It, mm-hmm. I definitely remember watching it because it's like I grew up being one of those little kids that wanted to be a grown up really badly. So this is kind of a grown up movie, but I still understood what was going on, yeah. and so I really liked it. And I wanted to be a doctor when I grew up, so I was anything that had to do with that. I always was like very attracted to watching. And yeah, this movie is so charming. And I rewatched it thinking eh, it probably isn't going to age well or like there's probably going to be something in here that eh, I'm not going to like or it's not as good or as funny as I thought it was. But no, I was charmed as heck. Nothing that mm-hmm. I can remember. There is there are two times in my life where I thought I was going to have to go to an emergency room for a stomach issue. And then I just drank a Coke like the doctor said to mm-hmm. and it fixed me immediately. <laughs> Fart a little bit and you're good. Mm-hmm. But yes, I... I I don't know where we were discussing. We were discussing it on some laser time thing. Oh, it might have been the thing about HBO. To this day, HBO does not play rated R movies during the day. Mm-hmm. Doc Hollywood is PG-13, but has one of the longest nudity scenes, but is very non-sexual. 
Yeah, it's it, might be like the world's most tasteful nude scene. Yes. I mean, yeah. even even reviews were pointing out like Ebert went off for a long time of like this is how you do nudity in a movie in like a mature way that captures like the beauty of a person without mm-hmm. it just be like <laughs> boobish. So I but I remember back in the day like we get home from school and like uh do Doc Hollywood's on in five minutes. Every let's <laughs> we're gonna see boobs. Take your pants let's off. Do this. <laughs> Not quite there yet, but alone, yes. That we were we were there in a few years, but it was like the only time you. Yeah, it was like a true straight white boy freakout whenever mm. Doc Hollywood was because mm. <laughs> you would see could see boobs in the middle of the day when you had no agency to see them otherwise. I hate to I hate to boil down the movie to that because I was quite happy you liked the film. Yeah, because it's been a long yeah. time since I've. Watched it because it, uh, it it made headlines in our neck of the woods growing up because it was filmed here. Yeah, one of the few movies filmed here, right down the road, mm-hmm. outside Gainesville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you could tell it looks it looks like North Florida. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be, I think, what South Carolina, maybe Georgia, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, but the characters are all really sweet. They don't make too much fun of the characters. Mm-hmm. They just allow them to be funny, which I really appreciate. Woody Harrelson. What a joy. Can't what a it. gem. I want, I've wanted to hate him for years and he's never given me a reason to. He, 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 he He's aging like a fine wine, first of all. But what I, happens when you're born ugly? I love how <laughs> he's, just, <laughs> he's just so sweet and charming and handsome in this movie. And then Bridget Fonda, she's really doing some great work as well. I really love her when she pops up anytime. This is the movie too that like famously um, where Michael J. Fox started to experience symptoms related to Parkinson's. Yeah. 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 This, this is it. Yeah. So 30 years. It's hard to believe with Parkinson's, but I mean, one decent post back to the future movie. Yeah. Yeah. The the plot is extremely simple Mm -hmm. in that, you know, Big city boy gets stranded in wacky small town, comes to appreciate wacky small town. And like people brought this up so much when Cars first came out of like, it's just the same fucking movie. Oh. Only this time it starts with Cars, god damn it. Ooh, no. see, I was getting flavors of Northern Exposure. And that's the thing, Northern Exposure's on the air too. Yeah. And it's sort of like, uh, guys, you're, yeah. Is this what okay. Sweet Home Alabama's about? I'm just guessing. A little bit. I'm just guessing. Honestly. Never seen it. Yeah, I mean, a lot. And yeah, that's like a lot of Hallmark movies now are mm-hmm. about people going back to their small town and from their big city and, and you know, re- oh feeling. My gosh. Yes, their yes, big city marketing of- job and meeting their childhood crush who's now a single dad with a heart attack. Right. Wow. Exactly. How many times have you seen that movie? How many times have they made that movie? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. and also uh, there's a great series called Heart of Dixie that I think was on the CW that is this exact premise, but it was a series and it was... Is it, spelled, is it spelled H A R T and then the late lead character's name is Hart? It is! Yes! Yes! <laughs> oh, everybody drink. <laughs> but yeah, that show does not get enough credit. Yeah, I mean, it's a tried and true formula. I, I like the things that recommend this one is it's got a real good cast mm-hmm. of just, you know, solid character work. It looks really nice. Like it does make the small town look nice as opposed to so many other ones where it's like, it always looks like they're on the back ladder of set. And it's mm-hmm. like that they're out actually on location lit. Well, like that, that yeah. makes a big difference. Yeah. And it's not really just like cities suck and small towns are great. It's like, no, but uh, Beverly Hills cosmetic surgeons mm-hmm. kind of shallow people. Mm-hmm. And maybe they could use a little less shallowness in their life. It's not just all cities suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I spent I spent the weekend in this neck of the woods along the the forgotten coast. They call it mm-hmm. the Gulf Coast, and it's 
so gorgeous in a way I hope no, not a lot of people find out about. So yeah. you'll just kind of <laughs> leave it alone. I always feel that way. It's, you make fun of Florida for looking like Orlando and Tampa. I'm like, this couldn't be further from Good. that. Good. Just a, go there. Yeah, green, Don't come a, here. Green, brown, and blue jungle yeah. that um, is mostly untouched and it's yeah. just wonderful. It's really cool. I also love the through line of him reading the family letters for the family who can't read. Like he, <laughs> They come to him and they have oh, these letters from like that. relatives from afar. And so he's reading these letters to them for them. And he gets really in, invested into the like the soap opera of their family. I find that so that was so cute. I loved it. Okay. Yeah, cute is like the that's like the best descriptor for this. It's very cute. Yes. Doc Hollywood. It's cute. It's and fun, well, it's fun I, for the whole family. You yeah. said it the other day, Sarah, and, and just like the kind of movie they made for years and don't make anymore at all for theaters. Yeah, for theaters, yeah. but like. They make it for certain specialty channels. Yes. Yeah. It used to have uh, Lori Laughlin in every single one of them. I don't know if that's still the Where case. Where now it's Candace Cameron. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart. Oof. Um, so many. Dean Cain. Dean, oh, Dean Cain in every single one. Who is ignorant to Captain America? I'll point out again. Another another bad plug I'd like to do now because I forgot to earlier. Patreon.com slash laser time. We have over 100 movie commentaries, a lot of which relate to this show. Uh, Matt and former 302010 host Dave Rudd and I last night, uh, as of this recording, watched. I watched Point Break again. Mm. Loved loved every single second of it. I I have I do something on the that I still disagree w- with all of my co-hosts with that I embarrass myself so much. Dave puts in his hand his head in his hands for like a full minute. It's nothing crazy. It's mm-hmm. just a misunderstanding of what was just said for thirty years or so. Oh. Like I have misunderstanding <laughs> dialogue for thirty years. Everyone else was watching it with subtitles. Like he didn't say that. I'm like I don't care what you say. He said I heard this line for thirty years like this. Oh, and okay. Everyone said I was wrong. And it turns out he said, young, dumb, and full of rum. <laughs> it's so much worse than that. I'll tell you. I've, I'll, I'll, you patrons have to find out on your own. I'll tell you guys uh, at, during the break. But we have to talk about the number one movie at the box office this week. And man, do I bounce back and forth uh, on mm. my, my feelings on this. Kevin Dunn, uh, Lloyd Bridges, John Cryer, uh, Valeria Golino, is that her name? Uh, Carrie Valeria. Always, Valeria. Uh, oh, Valeria, like the like the glass. Uh, yeah. Charlie Sheen, number one of the box office. The Abrams, Abrams, not the Zuckers. Uh, hot shots, hot shots with an exclamation point. On the ground, they're just like other men. I'm not our two. I'm not our two, 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 not, two, not, two, not, two, But in the air, they're like no one else. Charlie Sheen. Be careful out there. I'll be just fine. Lloyd Bridges. I had a better part of my bladder blown off the Guadalcanal. Carrie Elways. I came to get my chafing fish. Valeria Golino. And Saddam Hussein as himself. Hot <laughs> shots. Rated PG-13. Starts Wednesday. Hey, there, there was some note about people actually thinking that was really Saddam Hussein because they said that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, yeah, Hot Shots. I don't know. This, like, this, this should be my generation's Naked Gun, my generation's airplane because more mm-hmm. kids mm-hmm. my age watched this and talked about it. Um, but... I'm still all airplane and naked gun. But but like there's so many things about this I like. Did you end up watching oh, yes. Hot Shots? Oh yeah, we watched it last night and yes, there's a lot to like yeah. in this for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh there's so much to to like about it. What I think the things I don't love are it does I thought their cool as ice parody was in the second movie. It's in this movie. And when people make fun of the who's those awful spoiled rich kids who would make those bad parody movies like 300 Spartans and Oh, yeah. Meet the Spartans. Uh, the, the Seltzerbergs. Yeah, because they would have to base parodies on trailers. Mm-hmm. This movie does that a lot. Mm. Uh, 
that they're making fun of Cool as Ice in mm. this movie because <laughs> yep. they think and that's going to be the big hit. Yet. It's not out yet. They're oh, making okay. fun of the trailer huh. for Cool as Ice, ah. and I always forget that that's in the first movie. Uh, the whole motorcycle horse thing. That's, oh. That is from a movie that'll be out in October. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then they, they, they really go all over the map with parodies, whether they belong or not. I mean, it's primarily a Top Gun parody, though. It is primarily, yeah. but there's like Gone yeah. with the Wind parody. Like the Nine and a Half Weeks one is like done organically. That is. And then there's like a montage of parodies somewhere in the movie. <laughs> yes. So I also watched this a lot when I was growing up, and mm-hmm. I was so excited to rewatch it because my little brain, like imprinting on that uh, Nine and a Half Weeks scene, like I had <laughs> no idea what was going on. I just knew it was sexual, like when I was a child. <laughs> And so I was ex- explaining it to Sam before we watched it. I was like, "There's some. Is there some scene where he like pops some lint out of her belly button?" And it's he's like, "It's a grape or an olive. It's an olive. It's That's olive. right. She's it's like the olive. pimento out." Right. Yeah, my little brain at like six when yeah. I was watching it's, this. Had it's no a parody idea what it was. of Dan and Rick's nine and a half weeks. Yeah, right. Right. And, right. and then he fries bacon on her stomach. Right. And that's that's the kind of shit I re- like. I I will hate in other movies. They spend a lot of money in certain yeah. scenes to like make yeah. miniatures or like a lady's belly that can grill bacon yeah. <laughs> or, or, or a plane that can take a hairpin turn and park on a street. Like, yes. it's impressive. It yeah. looks, it looks really neat in a way that like CG would not look funny. Right. It looks mm. like miniatures, but in a way yeah. that's fun. The way I would stop flipping through the channels at night. Cause the Godzilla movie is on this movie does like 20 times. Yeah. Like what a fun gag mm-hmm. <laughs> to do with an airplane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. there's, there's certain sequences that are like, is this just Top Gun? Right, like, exactly. <laughs> it's an impressive sequence. Yeah. Or it was, you know, back then. Yeah. Well, we watched this back in the day as a double feature with Top Gun. And mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. But uh, my husband Michael pointed out, it's like when you watch this back to back with Top Gun, you see like how much older the models of planes they're using in Hot Shots oh, are. Yes. It's like, yeah. Oh, it's really obvious. This is like surplus from the 50s. Oh, I, I yeah. read the whole... Uh, air carrier shoot is is wood on the face of a cliff wow, that, so, wow. And, and and those are like ancient plane models they towed out there to make it look like they're on an aircraft carrier deck whereas top gun paid top dollar to make the military look awesome mm, to yeah. use the real thing mm-hmm. but it looks it looks great it's still, I, it, it looks as exactly as fun as it needs to look you mm-hmm. know like mm-hmm. it doesn't look impressive in a way that you want Not it impressive, to right but totally passable yeah, yeah. exactly for a comedy film, yeah, you know? Yep. Okay, my question was last night, and Sam did not know, what is Lloyd Bridges from besides comedy? Well, is, was he like an older actor that was like a serious actor at one point? And then he, he was like, in the original ah. Airplane. Okay. And he hadn't oh, been used right. by the, okay. the Zuckers right. or yes. Abrams since then. Yeah, okay. And because Leslie Nielsen said no for some reason, because he really didn't say no to much, mm-hmm. uh, he gets put in this movie. Okay. okay. But I, I guess yeah. there was something going on, because like the Zuckers wrote... Naked Gun 2, and Abrams wrote and directed this one. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think they're fighting. Uh, (laughs) I I worry that they're fighting. Because, yeah, we just had Naked Gun 2 and a half, just just like um, six weeks ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But no, Lloyd, I mean, it's the same thing with Leslie Nielsen's. Like, no, he was a serious working actor. Mm -hmm. He's in some really good movies like Sahara from 43 and High Noon. Mm -hmm. And he was on, you know, TV shows like Sea Hunt for a long time. Like he's, you know, he's a, a serious guy, but like a B-list guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, a supporting guy. And yeah, but he also, because he's so good at like selling serious things dramatically, 
just like Leslie Nielsen was. It's like mm -hmm. you have him do something stupid and treat it really seriously, and it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, one I mean, of, his running gag of all of his body parts that have been replaced yeah. is it's, so good. One of my favorite. I, I know it's from the sequel, but he's like, uh, he's like, what? Call me a virgin? I lost my flower at the tender age of fourteen. Let me tell you, <laughs> what. it just keeps going, and like it's just these funny old man rants about his experience. Yeah, yeah. I lost my yeah. hat. Let's turn this whole thing around. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or just like him, you know, oh, the noise is really loud. They give him earplugs and he takes them like pills. Yeah. Just yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> fastest, dumbest joke in the world. And yeah. it's just like, solves it very seriously. Okay, well, mm -hmm. maybe these will help. Anyway, let's go attack guys. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> There's just, it has it has the same, a lot of the same quality in Naked Gun 2 that I didn't love a lot. A lot of waiting uh, to respond to jokes or mm -hmm. taking too long to set up jokes. Some of the visual gags being like, a little too over the top and mm -hmm. needing too much time to mm -hmm. see and enjoy. I'm like, all right, we move on from things fast in these genres. Keep going, keep yeah. going. Mm -hmm. uh, but but nothing nothing bad. I just didn't love it as much as I expected I would. I mean, it's not a laugh a minute, like we said. I, I had the, two I had, and a half was. I had the second one on tape, so I watched that one part over did? and over again. Mm -hmm, part, you know, which I still don't know <laughs> where they got that from. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's just funny. I say it all the time. Part yeah, two. Me too. Much love for this movie, and it was it's kind of refreshing to watch again. Not streaming anywhere, sadly. Uh, for yeah. free. Yeah, not for free. Not for free. Yeah. Uh, and it's just free. it's nice to have I mean, this is kind of Charlie Sheen was doing sort of like, you know, B action pictures at this point. It's like, yeah, remind everyone, oh no, he's he's funny. Yeah. It's in his first mm -hmm. <laughs> teaming up with John Cryer, which will eventually make oh them all gosh, like I hundreds of make millionaires. That again. Wow. Yeah. What a, and that a funny name for a character, Washout. Yeah, <laughs> Washout. Um, yeah, I prefer Pete Deadmeat Thompson. He's, oh man, he's a real hero. Yeah, that's one of those where it's like it's such a dumb They're series awesome. of gags for for little tiny babies. But mm -hmm. you know him talking about, oh, I'll sign those insurance papers when I get back, honey. Oh no, my mirror broke. And there's like they walk under a ladder and a black cat walks so by. Good. And it's like just. But yeah, it's it's got that faster pace. I like the really older guys. Like, like I know what happened to your dad. I was an eyewitness, and it flashes back oh, in yes. time. And that is his code name on his helmet: is eyewitness. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, uh, yeah, we're talking about it. It's a funny movie. It's a funny movie. I don't know why I'm totally, yeah. kind of railing on it, but um, I just love Naked yeah. Gun one and three so much more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, does it hold up against like Naked Gun one or Airplane? Oh God, no. Mm -hmm. But is it fun? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just I prefer this this genre. I prefer them like, like tone poems, like uh, <laughs> like a represent representing a whole genre instead of parodying things that just happen to be popular. And I feel mm -hmm. like Hot Shots falls sometimes a little more in the yeah, latter. I can see that because if you yeah. haven't seen Top Secret, I, that'll be the last thing we talk about on this show. Yeah. Oh no, we'll never talk about it because we missed it. Yep. And when we started, Top Secret is excellent by the Zuckers mm -hmm. and the Abrams and the Val Kilmers and. Yeah, like a parody of all spy things. Mm. And I don't mm. know how they work Gone with the Wind parodies and the Hot Shots, but they do. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Dream sequences. Dream that's sequences. how. Yeah. Woo! And uh, moving on to television in 1991, if you are familiar with this segment as a longtime listener, this is the monoculture and television kind of takes a nap mm -hmm. for the summer and lets mm -hmm. movies and summer camp and the cat skills and things like that completely <laughs> take over. Morton and Hayes... Bride of Mumula? Okay. That's something I would watch what? if I saw the TV guy. So I had to look this, this up, <laughs> and I'm 
I'm kind of surprised that none of us had heard of this before because it seems like right up maybe all of our alleys. Ooh, yeah. But it's basically it's a it's a comedy television series on CBS, and it was centered on like this rediscover like discovering this ancient work not ancient but old work of a comedy duo and it was like it was newly dug up and so each episode like presents this like old like comedy duos like sketch basically or like episode of their show and it was created it was directed by christopher guest and michael mckeon every episode was like introduced by rob reiner at like you know being like the person who like you know (laughs) introduces this was found you know in the archives and da 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 and uh kevin pollock was one of the characters in it and it only had six episodes it we missed the start of it because i didn't know what it was and we were in such a like a tv desert right now i was like let me just see what this is so this is actually the second episode that aired and it was it's basically like a parody of like a movie monster where mummula part mummy part dracula (laughs) This looks crazy excellent. Right? <laughs> it, 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 they, they live at the McGuff Inn. Uh, I mean, the, come the, on. The, the, <laughs> this looks wonderful. I've, I've never heard of this. And I've listened to several podcasts with these people, and I, they just do too much interesting stuff to talk about everything. Yeah. So, I, so it's like a fake Abbott and Costello. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and it died immediately. I mean, it looks like it was yeah. a summer replacement, and it barely made it to six episodes. Right, which is weird because at, at this point, like Bob Hope still has specials on the air, and um, one of the greatest old timey specials ever, Jerry Seinfeld, I think, demanded as part of his contract, like, I, I want to do an Abbott Costello, two of them, Abbott Costello, because I love Abbott Costello, and there mm. were prime time in the 90s Abbott and Costello black and white specials celebrating Abbott and Costello so oh. if it's not going to work now yeah. it'll never work again in network television maybe it just needed a little distance I don't know maybe it could have been more popular five years from That's now like 96 but what a weird yeah. wonderful concept yeah. that probably would do great now on oh. a streaming network mm. if this yep. would you know debuted just recently yeah and like if this Probably on YouTube. I, I'm sure there's a comedy nerd that's put these on YouTube. But I hope it doesn't so. look like there's a DVD or streaming anywhere. Damn, good find, Sarah. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, also out this week on the 3rd of August is CBS, a CBS TV movie, NYPD Mounted. Excuse me? Not a porn. Not, <laughs> but, but starring Dennis Franz's ass. Uh, yes. And the clothed. rest of them. I assume clothes. I'm assuming clothes. We're point. not there yet. But mm. yes. Yeah, he, uh, he pairs up with this is a story of a New York City cop who is like older. He's a, more of a veteran and he has to pair up with a horse cop <laughs> man, like a man oh, on a horse. horse. <laughs> I did. First, I didn't hear cop. Uh, <laughs> second, I imagine like a minotaur. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just picturing. Dinner's frauds in a squad car with a horse. <laughs> you mean to tell me I gotta take Nessie to goddamn hay store in the middle of this beat? Oh my god! I'm from New York. You can tell from my accent. <laughs> that is <strange>. But a <laughs> human man that rides a horse, <laughs> who is also a rodeo star. Oh my god! No. What? Ripped from the headlines, right? The oh. <laughs> you know all those ex-rodeo stars who go to the into the NYPD. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, this has failed pilot written all yes. over yes, it, it. I don't care. I'll be his partner, but I'm not living with no horse. <laughs> I don't care what the judge says. Uh, doodly doodly do. All right. Well, I guess you can put your saddle bags over there. <laughs> over by my stack of Playboys. Don't touch them. Just keep his manure away from my Bruins jerseys. Ah, heck. Ah, heck. The comedy writes itself. A biscuit. No one jailing, buddy. We're okay. He thinks we're fighting. Biscuit <laughs> thinks we're mad at each other. You it's see okay. his little face? Yeah, he's worried. <laughs> and then I couldn't find any specific games, but this is where we use patreon.com slash laser time to really dig into the game. We have uh, t- like two shows, new shows this week going up for you right now, and then probably two next week about all the video games uh, from 302010. And, uh, they get pretty obscure, but also like a ton of great console launches. And this this period will be... In a, we're about to get uh, into the Super Nintendo for America, and I can't wait, so stick around. Um, but we, not, not, a, not a lot of big games to speak of this week. Go to patreon.com slash laser time. Toss five bucks. See if you like the show. If you don't, just, you know, don't, don't say subscribe. But like, give it a shot. It's something we do extra, and the Video Game Apocalypse boys really do their... Um, really shine on that show. I always say it's... Uh, 50 years of combined uh, <laughs> experience within the games industry, all on one podcast, wasted on a on a paywall podcast. <laughs> um, but <laughs> just for you guys. Uh, but music of 1991, July 30th through August 5th. Did I get that right? Brian Adams, everything I do within parentheticals, I do for you. Now it sounds like a secret when I read it like that. Mm-hmm. Is number one. We talked glowingly about that last week. New releases include uh, the self-titled album from Widespread, Widespread Panic and um, World Outside by the Psychedelic Furs. So we're going to close that with Until She Comes. Gross psychedelic furs. Uh, <laughs> and we'll, we'll be back a full decade later in 2001. Stay right there. Until she comes again The sun goes out It is summer, the sun's out in full force, which means you and your friends should be out at the pool or the beach when you do venture out. Hopefully, you're not rocking that unsightly body hair or those disgusting post-pandemic toenails. (sighs) Nothing gives a below-the-belt blow to your confidence more than looking like you're wearing a sweater made of body hair at the pool. Gross! Don't worry, my friends. Our friends at Manscaped have you covered, so you can uncover to beat the heat. They just launched their fourth-generation performance package and their Shears 2.0 Nail Grooming Kit. The Performance Package 4.0 includes the new Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer will change the way you approach your grooming routine. This fourth-generation trimmer features advanced skin-safe technology to reduce grooming nicks and cuts. You don't want any ingrown hairs or snags on your boys before beach season. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, an on-off travel lock, and gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off. This trimmer is also waterproof so you can trim in the shower and not worry about any cleanup on aisle D. D is in these nuts. <laughs> the Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to chop your worst weeds up top and your nose and ears. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9000 RPM motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system. <sighs> This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs 
and all the sensitive little nostrils and ears of yours. Aw, oh, little sensitive baby. Mm-hmm, uh, once you're finished mowing the lawn and trimming back those weeds, use the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to keep you on your game in the heat. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. It's also flip-flop season, which means you want your feet and toes to look their best. Enter the Shears 2.0 Nail Grooming Kit. This luxury four-piece nail grooming kit features tempered stainless steel tools and includes slash tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. Easy for me to say. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code LASERTIME at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code LASERTIME at manscaped.com. Tain the summer swamp in your pants with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Coming into 2001 with B- Boot Eye Lickius. I guess he's a Roman emperor, and this is from <laughs> Destiny's Child. It's number one. Bootylicious, everyone. He is not prepared for the jelly. Yes, the jelly. none I of have, us are. I have all my Destiny's Child, like, their trajectory I have, like, almost completely backwards. Oh? thought Charlie's Angels song was way past this, but they were already on fire, right? Oh, yeah. They down to three members? The writing's on the wall, yeah, okay. at this point, definitely. They were down to three members, I think, when Destiny's Child was happening. I mean, the writings on the wall was their album that had the four people on the cover, and then shortly after that, they dropped the fourth lady. Okay. And ap- apropos of nothing, I-, I-, I like it when I can to plug something I just watched, that HBO Max uh, Woodstock 99 documentary. It's mm-hmm. not so much interesting, because I remember exactly what happened at Woodstock 99, but it's more interesting as a, as a snapshot of the death of MTV's grasp on the music industry mm-hmm. and the music <laughs> we were subject to into an era of mostly pop dominating everything and angry white boy rock is almost completely gone at this point or not quite yet but uh, I just I really like that doc and I thought it, w- it really surprised me so if you have HBO Max check it out but moving back to 20 years ago 2001 um, we got some new releases in addition to Bootylicious by Destiny Child which is number one um, we got Deuces and Trays the old fashioned way by East Riders. Uh, Isaida's, mm. my bad. Uh, Blake Shelton's self-titled debut, hell yeah. So Blue wow. by Blue Cantrell. Mr. Gwen Stefani. Yeah. Sexiest Man Alive, did he win then? Oh, boy. I think so. I think he did. A- uh, <laughs> takeoffs and Landings by Rilo Kiley of The Wizard? That's yeah. not actually her name, is it? No, that's the name of the band. Jenny <laughs> no, Lewis no. Uh, Tweakend by the, the Crystal Method and two, uh, two albums in the Rolling Stones, 500 Greatest Albums of All Time list. Uh, Gillian Welch's Time, uh, The Revelator, and The Strokes debut, This Is It. Or Ooh. Is This It? Oh, shit. All right. And yeah. my, my Neck of the Woods, the, the Strokes album was all over the summer. Oh, yeah. That mm-hmm. was such a big deal. And I loved it. Yeah. It, it's listening to that song, that, their big single, too, last night, immediately transports me. Yeah. It's like <laughs> getting in a time machine, honestly. Yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. I didn't find much news this week, but I did try. Moving directly to the movies of 2001, because, oh, boy. Dude. These oh, are some... <laughs> man. What an assortment. A it's real mixed bag. A real sampler. Yes. Yeah. Was was the next movie, was this almost NC-17 or... Uh, yeah, it yeah. probably could have been, like... That's, or maybe I don't know unrated, what maybe, it would have taken at... I watched this, and 
Yeah, I don't know what it would have taken to get it to NC-17. Sarah looks like a flustered kindergarten teacher. (laughs) I'm not telling you guys about this movie. Talk to your parents about it. That's all I'm I think I remember having like an unrated DVD or something like that. But um, uh, Thomas Jane, Angelina Jolie, and Antonio Banderas in Original Sin. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Yeah. (laughs) It's... I don't know why I'm so flustered by it, but there is a sex scene between Antonio Banderas and Angelina Jolie Ew. that is so explicit. Mm. I've never seen like two name recognized like movie stars be that explicit in a movie for for that long. It goes on for a really long time. Okay, so, so a spoiler for <laughs> later on. Sarah told me about something she didn't want to talk about <laughs> in a later segment. What are you not talking about here? What is explicit about it? They're fucking like with naked, like <laughs> with naked. <laughs> with... <laughs> I'm like sweating now. No, I mean it's just it's extremely. So, it's, it's just really explicit. They're doing all the yeah. positions. Yeah, but not, but yeah. maybe not like like that rockabye baby motion you get in some erotic thrillers. But that like yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's, sorry, it's, biscuit. It's the rockabye baby. It's the pound. It's everything. It's all of it. Honestly, it's just all of it. Yeah, yeah. body Woo. parts. You see almost everything. Like yeah. it's yeah, pre- yeah it gets pretty graphic. Even flabby, happy, baby. I am not. <laughs> I'm not a prude. I was just. And I didn't not enjoy it <laughs> watching it, but I was just kind of surprised by um, by just like you just don't see that very often. Two of the, well, there are two actors who don't mind doing nudity. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, for seem, sure. Seem like kind of it's one of the things they're not afraid to do. But there is like a difference between nudity and then raw sex. Raw sex, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. There's just a difference Simulated in how sex. your yeah mm-hmm. how your body is being presented. Um, in various angles and positions, and mm. I was impressed, honestly. Uh, Not with the rest of the movie so much. No, it's so weird because this is like this is a bad movie. Yeah, like, there's I know. no getting around. There's no getting around. It's not a good movie. It's written and directed by Michael Christopher, who we last talked about as adapting the screenplay for Bonfire of the Vanities. Wow. He also plays the bad guy on Mr. Robot, what? like the big bad guy. Hmm. It's so weird. Anyway, it's adapted from a short story written by Cornell Woolrich, who's the same guy who wrote the story based uh, Rear Windows based on, and it's was sort of filmed as uh, by Truffaut, and they just decided to like, oh, let's remake this as an erotic thriller. Mm-hmm. But we're kind of at a point where we're we're kind of forgetting how to do erotic thrillers. So they're mm. trying to do an erotic thriller, but it's like not. Yeah, just putting a real graphic sex scene on top of things is not really going to make it right. An erotic thriller because like it's like the late 1800s in Cuba, and she's a mail order bride. Yeah, dogs. Yeah, we're against uh, sex like, trafficking too, Steve. Yeah, Angelina Jolie is a mail-order bride for Antonio Banderas, who's like a fancy rich guy. Mm-hmm. But like they've both been lying to each other about who they are. And then she's got this like old boyfriend, Thomas Jane, or maybe not, who's like, they're gonna con him or kill him or something. And her sister keeps writing and it's like, I don't think that the lady says she's my sister is really my sister. And oh, it's all cons. Oh no! At They've some all point, been lying. She kills a bird. Huh? At some point, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's lots of like, was she lying then or is she lying now? Double, triple, switcheroo mm-hmm. stuff, and it's like, yeah, it's really, really dumb. Like, it, I feel like it exists just so we can have a whole just graphic ass sex scenes with, with sexy people. Which yeah. you know what? Fine. That's okay. what you want to do. 
then go for it. But right. I, I'm seriously a, applauding both of these people. They don't have to make a movie like this, but they both seem to delight in yeah. making films with sex scenes. They did it all the time. Yeah. I mean, I guess so, if I look like either Antonio Banderas or Angelina Jolie, I right? wouldn't be that against it either. Yeah. 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 It is like not good. It's, and it's one of those movies that's like it thinks it's saying something. Yes. Yeah. But you super are not, dude. Just deal. Like, no. Right. Come on. No. It, it could have been good. I mean, I love the mm-hmm. setting. I loved the like aesthetic of it all, the costuming and the, and the time period. All that stuff is great and interesting. And I would, would love to watch an erotic thriller kind of in that setting, in that time period. I love that idea, but yeah, but more this than execution was not, was it. not it. More porny, <laughs> no. less erotic. Whatever, you know. Well, I, mean, I mean, there's a difference. Yeah, there okay. is. Um, and well, then this sounds like the girliest movie ever made. Oh, it uh, is lovely and amazing. Yep. Uh, that is that is the most lady t- lady likable title I've heard in a while. Well, guess what? Yeah. This lady liked it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I I hate that title because I always forget what it is. Like I forget what movie we're talking about. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's the N- Nicole Holof Center movie mm-hmm. about like the family, the mom and the daughters, and they all have like issues and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like everyone feels very real, and it's like it's a drama, but it's a low stakes drama, just about like family and relationships and mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like it's yeah, it's what Nicole Holof Center does. Like it's yeah. good. I really love her. I love pretty much everything that she does. I always forget that she also did Can You Ever Forgive Me, which is one of my favorite movies that year that it came out. That's a good um, yeah. But yeah, I really enjoyed this. This is, why I, I think, one of the last Hall of Centers movies that I had not seen yet. And Catherine Keener, she uses her a lot in her films. She's mm-hmm. one of my favorites to see um, on film because I think she's really interesting. She's a very interesting face and a very interesting way of acting i mean i just like this what she brings to characters i think is is cool and you don't see a lot of other people do it and i can't really explain it beyond that but um but yeah i really enjoyed this you described it absolutely perfectly and also too like some of the characters they do a really good job and nicole hoff center does especially a good job of presenting characters who are kind of shitty like Mm. (laughs) have really you know personality problems or are not super nice but you don't hate them so she does a really good job of of presenting characters that way and i really really liked it and also little baby jake gyllenhaal's in this yeah (laughs) Um, yeah i mean she previously we've talked about friends with money we've talked about please mm -hmm, give mm -hmm. where yeah she makes movies that are about like people's interior emotional lives that are like they're recognizable as people that you might know Mm mm-hmm and like digs into them in a way that's not like super artsy fartsy and depressing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like a slug through someone's confronting their past drama. It's just like regular folks doing regular stuff, but mm-hmm. not boring. And it also is she, her endings don't have this like big finish where people right. are resolved in some way. Like at most, some of her characters grow a tiny bit. Maybe yeah. they're a little bit less awful than they started out in the movie, which I also really enjoy because that is extremely realistic for life. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's a recommend for me. Well. Yeah. Lovely and amazing. Recommend. Original Sin? Oh, God, no. Well, don't <laughs> Just get- the one scene, honestly. <laughs> Which you can see on, was it, MrSkin.com? Yeah. That was my idea. 
Um, and uh, don't get tired of talking because I did not get to see this. Oh, um, you promised. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I actually I ended up going out of town uh, all of a sudden. Uh, huh. uh, for one night. No, for two di- for three days. Mm. Yeah. If you would have told me Larry Miller was in it, that would have changed everything. <laughs> yeah. Eric Von, Von Deaton, uh, Mandy Moore, Carolyn Goodall, Hector Elizondo, Heather Matarazzo, uh, Julie Andrews, uh, and Anne, ha- Anne Hathaway in The Princess Diaries. Mia Thermopolis is a little clumsy <laughs> and totally unnoticed. Oops. Somebody sat on me again. August 3rd, all that's going to change. You are Princess of Genevieve. Me? Whoa. Fate made it possible. I can teach you to walk. Like a princess. But only she can make it happen. I think you'd make a very fine princess. You didn't realize it was frozen. <laughs> the Princess Diaries, Lady G, starts August 3rd. Man, she, Anne Hathaway looks so young in this. Mm. I forgot. The same way we talked about Marky Mark last week, that like Anne Hathaway had that like Disney stink on her for like a few years. And I forgot that was ever part of her upbringing yeah like will she ever will she ever be able to break out of the mold with a disney child star but i mean she really only did princess diaries she did two of them though yeah and i, I don't know what her other disney background was but you know it's I think one of the, that's it is it really right diana huh. think so now i'm curious i want to look it up she's she's all of 18 here yeah i love the makeover too because it goes of course for her makeover they straighten her hair and take her glasses off good job everyone (laughs) (laughs) we're all done here Um, but somehow it turns her from looking like a 15 year old into a 35 year old (laughs) yeah yeah that has always bugged me when they have this sort of reveal of what she looked like then and what she looks like now and it's like she looks like a painted tart now. What are you doing? Yeah. She looked cute before. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, they kind of explain it there. Anne Hathaway. We got a couple good movies in San Francisco this week. Yeah. By the way, uh, really using the city well. A- Anne Hathaway is just a regular old teenager until Grandma Julie Andrews shows up and says, oh, P.S., uh, you're actually, like, the heir to this small country. And she's like, what? And, like, no, we have to teach you to be ladylike. And she's like, but I'm really bad at that and awkward. I mean, my best friend is... Dawn Wiener from Welcome to the Dollhouse. <laughs> I love and her. honestly, she might have her shit more together than I do. Oh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then I was super hesitant about this one. I think I ended up catching it like late on TV one night of just like, oh, what the hell? Because like people that I normally trust their opinions said this is really good. And I thought this just looks like a stupid makeover movie and I don't want to. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this movie actually acknowledges like that feminism happened. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's not just, oh, she's awkward and she has a crush on a guy and he doesn't like her. And now she's pretty and he does like her. But it's like her fundamental personality does not change mm-hmm. with the outside changing. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the whole point of the movie is like, you can change the outside, but, you know, don't lose who you are inside. Right. Just because of these expectations that are on you because you're supposed to be like royalty and shit now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And People, her grandmother, you know, learned something about there are many ways to be a woman and there's many ways to be a royal, which is a good lesson. And her best friend learned something that just because your outsides change, you don't change too. I mean, I really liked that aspect of their friendship where, you know, she thought her best friend thought that it was she was going to change just because she was like fancy. And instead she's like, why would you just assume that about me? That's like super jerky to do. 
it is it's a great movie and i know that it's like a very important touchstone i think for a lot of people because it's like a comfort movie i think for a lot of people and rightly Mm. so it's very sweet it's very nothing objectionable in it i do wish they made her a little bit less of like just a clumsy like Dorcas, like at some points, her being like, I don't know what to do. I'm so awkward, kind of makes her seem a little bit like she's an idiot. Like, <laughs> okay, like you look, you do know how to put pantyhose on without almost killing yourself. Like, come no. on. Like, I don't know. Uh, that, I've yeah. punched myself in the face doing that several times. So. <laughs> some of it was a little bit unbelievable. You definitely had it on the wrong body part. <laughs> were you trying to rob a convenience oh, store right, <laughs> yeah um, but i mean it is cool that julie andrews hadn't made a commercial movie in 15 years really she was semi-retired she did stuff for tv here mm-hmm. and there you know but no she hadn't been in a movie and she hadn't been in a disney movie since mary poppins wow yeah which is kind of cool and yeah i mean it's gary marshall it's i mean it's kind of it's just kids pretty woman in the end it, it's still <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's still basically a Pygmalion story Mm -hmm. about like, yes, you can make yourself over, but, you know, don't completely change. That would be bad. You know, be yourself, I guess. Uh, And you can you can tell it's a Gary Marshall movie because Hector Elizondo is there. Right. Yeah. He's always there. (laughs) I love him. And uh, that's what what I remember about it. And was why I meant to watch it. There'll be higher grossing movies this year. But this movie was on the box off, like in the top five for like the next 10 weeks yeah and made 20 million dollars made like 180 million dollars like that's pretty impressive for a a person people don't really know Mm -hmm. yet in in, in hathaway and uh maybe a formulaic story turned on its ear um but yeah pretty impressive yeah yeah it's basically i mean it's a formulaic story in that you know where it's going to go it has a lighter touch and more humor yeah than Mm -hmm. than i was expecting you know and that like they're actually good jokes yeah and it, it doesn't just feel contrived. Like Anne Hathaway does actually feel like a pretty awkward person, like believably <laughs> awkward, not, you know, yeah, take off the glasses. Oh, you're so mm-hmm. like, yeah, I think she looks like crap when they make her over. Like, yeah, you got to, I mean, bring in the frizzy hair. But besides that, come on. Yeah. Come yeah. on. Mm. Okay. And then the next movie I've seen once and did not see this time. I hope I hope someone else can speak with more authority. Oh. <laughs> John Lone, Zhang Zhi, Chris Tucker, and Jackie Chan. Number one at the box office this week, Rush Hour 2. I go that way, you go this way. Yes. They fought some tough enemies. I'm sorry, man. Did that hurt? But this one Uh-oh. is unlike any they've seen. Ooh. Egyptian style, girl. Come on. On August 3rd. Hi. Get ready for a second rush. Jackie Chan, Chris Tucker. We go down. Rush Hour 2. I'm finna give you a LAPD Rated PG-13. Starts Friday, August 3rd at a theater near... Okay, let me just get this out of the way. So I tried to watch this so hard. Like, I, I tried to watch it... I kept restarting it for like 15 minutes because the voice sync was off. Oh, on because it's on HBO Max, mm-hmm. and I I mean I re- I power cycled everything I could not get it to work, and I finally Googled HBO Max oh, like out of sync just to see like maybe there's some fix I don't know about, and it took me to a Reddit that was like an HBO Max Reddit, and there were dozens of people. Yeah 
from today and yesterday. Like, I'm trying to watch Rush Hour 2, and it's out of sync. Does anyone else have this problem? Everyone's like, I'm trying to watch Rush Hour 2, too, and I can't. Everything's out of sync. That's so, so infuriating. so, like. What an infuriating part of modern streaming. I, did you, Were you part of the people who watched that uh, uh, Army of the Dead movie with. Uh, uh, see, I watched it. I did not watch it. I want It has a dead pixel in it. Ooh. Like almost uh. the whole movie, and then I'm just like, "Where's my warranty information? Fuck this! <laughs> yeah. Fuck this! Sucks! It's just one stupid pixel, and it's this white pixel hovering." And then finally, someone had to write an article like, "This is a problem with the movie," <laughs> and, and, I, and someone put it on Facebook, and you could watch everyone like, "Oh God!" <laughs> I thought there was this huge problem with my Netflix, my internet connection, my television. No, uh. Zack Snyder left a dead pixel in Army of the Dead. <laughs> I mean, I just love the community that I felt with all these people trying to watch. Yeah, it felt great. <laughs> Shower two with me at the same time, all over the world. So I, I like I, I as most other people, Giant Friday fan was first in line to see Money Talks, the Charlie Sheen, Chris Tucker movie. First in line to see Rush Hour, and I just remember seeing this one. I don't know if I saw it in the theater. Just were like, I don't know if I want to see this anymore. I don't know if I like this anymore. Even though it turns the fish out of water, it's nice they turn the fish out of water thing on its head. He becomes mm-hmm. the guy and the stranger in a strange land. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. As and they to go to Hong Kong. They go to and Hong then, Kong. And then crimes happen. Yeah. My, see, my problem is the exact opposite. I just don't care for Chris Tucker. I can take mm-hmm. it I in do. very limited doses, but there's always a point where I'm like, I would be liking the scene if you weren't screaming the whole time. What, like a fifth element? Is that a, is that a nice yeah, dose of Chris that's Tucker? that's what I was going to say. That's about my limit there, yeah. <laughs> and even then, in some of the action scenes, it's like, you don't need to still be screaming, Chris Tucker. Just They've been shooting at you for 10 minutes. Why are you still screaming about it? Well, this is the second movie he'll make in a decade period. The other one will be Rush Hour 3. He doesn't make anything else but a Michael Jackson video for like 12 years. Wow. Rush yeah. Hours and a Michael Jackson video. Nothing else. Wow. Uh, but I mean, overall, like, it's okay. I don't think it was quite as good as the other one, as, as the previous one. You know, the action's still pretty good. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like, having Zhang having Zhi's in, in there is good. She was the, the younger woman in uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I, so, I, I've yeah, slowly she, fallen she in love with the, the first one airing on TV and I think I like the third one better and I'm not alone like this one kind of has the lowest Rotten Tomatoes score Metacritic hmm. score yeah not yeah. To, again I didn't re- get to rewatch it I'm not an authority I would love to know what you guys think um, by that I mean both my co-hosts and well. and uh, the, the people out there who can watch it in sync file Oh, HBO Max, you're not worth the $15 a month. That's why I still Oh, my gosh, no. We've watched, <laughs> actually, I also want to say Lovely and Amazing is on HBO Max, um, but we've, we're constantly surprised by how much good stuff is on there. So I, I disagree. I know. I'm, I, yeah. I just can't pay for it. Just, I just wouldn't. But uh, luckily, I have my father. So, there we go. Tales all this time. That's where I watch Woodstock no. 99, baby. Moving on too fast for Mush Hour 2. This is something I'm fascinated with right now. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It started with the Channel Drift episode and of, of Laser Time that um, Michael, your, Diana's husband, did with me about. I am fascinated with how quickly MTV abandoned its identity mm-hmm. and how 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 long it's been dead and how culturally unimportant it has remained for like 15 years compared to what it was before. But then when we were doing Freddy Got Fingered, I fell down this Tom Green rabbit hole because that was a really short-lived thing that burned really hot. He had this interesting appraisal like of his celebrity. He's like, oh, what you, what you don't understand? I'm not going to do a Tom Green impression. Uh, MTV has a great promo department. So before the show aired, they were running clips and packages for it for weeks. So I was famous before the show aired mm. because kids watch MTV. And I just remember mm. like 
MTV was the king of celebrating itself and showing clips of things and in a good and a bad way, always ready to suck its own dick over something like building documentaries out of itself. It's the five year anniversary of the MTV movie awards. I'm like, wow, this is special. It's not special. Five years goes by like this. I can eat it like faster than the judge could give it to me. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, I love this, this opening because this is MTV celebrating 20 years of itself all week, starting on the 2nd of August. The dawn of 1981 saw America in a cultural quagmire. Go ahead, make my day. Three networks controlled TV. Film studios cranked out blockbusters, and both feared the popularity of video games. My mission in life is to save all of mankind. Music? For disco and punk, the party was over, and faceless rock ruled radio. But there was help on the way. T-minus 10, 9, The middle of the night of August 1st brought something new to a culturally starved landscape. Was it music? Was it TV? Or was it simply... Ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll. Music television. (laughs) No, is it? I, I love. Or was it commercials for music and TV? <laughs> I love. I miss Chris Connolly's voice narrating yeah. stuff, but uh, yeah. but yeah, like uh, mostly faces faceless rock and roll. I'm like, what? Bitch, Rolling Stone was around before you were. <laughs> These people were not faceless. Uh-huh. They had posters of it. Like people had posters of basis on their wall before you came along. It just <laughs> MTV. I love how much it jerks itself off. Yeah, I really do. That's true. And I wanted to play a little yeah. bit of that, but it's it's. Did you know before MTV, no one knew what Fleetwood Mac looked like? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my goodness! Yeah, MTV always cracks me up with how much. I feel like part of the reason I think MTV is so culturally significant is because every weekend they re-ran a documentary they made telling me so. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) It's important. All the time. Um, And speaking of Channel Drift, on the 5th of August, the Odyssey Channel rebrands as the Hallmark Channel. And the Hallmark brand officially becomes one of the weirdest brands in American history. Mm -hmm. Because to me... I guess it's just Christmas. Uh, They've branched out a little bit into other holidays, but yeah. Well, just to me most... personally. I, I, my sorry. girlfriend worked at one. I didn't know I didn't know when you uh, franchise into one, you have to name it after yourself or somebody else. Yes. So it has to be like Diana's Hallmark mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. Uh, or Chris's Hallmark. And I drive to Georgia now once a year to partake in their pre-ordering of ornaments because they have great fucking ornaments uh, and, and usually pretty great stuff and great ornament sales. And somewhere along the line in television history, they ended up dominating the TV movie where like that that brand on front of the TV movie helped boost the, the viewership of films. Like, right. you know our brand, we're Hallmark. We make you feel really good with keepsakes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You're going to love this movie. Feel cozy with us. And had, had spent like the last... How many years, Diane, maybe you have a better sense of it? Like at least 20, 20 years branding the Hallmark Hallmark movie of the week. Right. Or, mm-hmm. uh, Usually on CBS. Like sponsoring yep. films to the point where we refer to them as Hallmark movies because now they are. They well, are financed by Hallmark. It's a genre now. I like, know. It's yeah. so weird. But it, it, it it's like a sponsorship. It's like if a... a if, well, the way we called them soap operas uh, yeah. for a while yeah. because mm-hmm. they were yeah. sponsored by soap. But we don't even call them like... Greeting card movies. Yeah, we call, we call them, them Hallmark movies. It's the Xerox we of we movies. Don't, we don't call them dial operas or <laughs> yeah. or a better soap. <laughs> Irish Spring <laughs> operas. <laughs> I actually would love that. Hurt Plus operas. Um, we call them Hallmark movies. I feel like that's so strange. Yeah. And, and uh, 
something that happened so gradually people didn't really notice that the greeting card company grabbed a hold of their feelings into a completely different medium. Now they have their own channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of them, I believe. Uh, two or three yep. Hallmark channels. Oh, now, um, on a yes. channel that Odyssey originally was a, a Christian channel. Mm-hmm. I mean, Oh, was it really? I, I was going to yeah, guess science. They, they literally had shows called A Biblical Portrait of Marriage and oh, The Daily Mass. I could watch that all day. <laughs> and then they drifted pretty fast because it just wasn't <laughs> quite enough and then they started adding like oh well obviously davy and goliath like mm. okay that makes mm-hmm. sense I but don't then know, they started, yeah it's like oh we could add you know more g-rated programming and then it just kept going and going and then i think that jim i think henson like bought into them or they bought into henson was just so they could like run fraggle rock and stuff Hell yeah. and then it just yeah kept going with the like let's have very clean very wholesome entertainment. White, mm-hmm. white, white. Very Let's rerun white. Little House of the Prairie all day, which they still do. Mm-hmm. Yep. They still do to this day, a show I fucking hated as a little kid. Mm. <laughs> uh, oh, this can be really fun because someone's mm. going to get diphtheria and fall down a well at some point. <laughs> okay, movie. Hallmark now has its own channel. And, yeah. it, and again, to me, it's yeah. just very strange that the sponsor now is shorthand for a genre of a thing. If you're curious and you want to learn more about like how they write and produce those movies, The New Yorker did a really excellent article about it a couple years ago. I highly recommend. Like 40 movies now? Like every year for Christmas? It's wild. It's crazy. For Christmas. They they produce more movies outside of Christmas, but just for Christmas. Yes. They have this machine cranking out Christmas movies. It's fucking nuts. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, America's Test Kitchen also debuts on the fourth. Yeah, still going, I believe. Is mm-hmm. it? Yeah, twenty years. I don't even. Four hundred and eighty-nine episodes. Jesus Christ! God That's damn! Almost as many as The Simpsons. So a long time ago, a Laser Time topic we chose. I, I, I'm trying to remember if it was um, villains singing about what they do or TV stars that sing their own theme songs. Okay. <laughs> and one of my favorites that never gets brought up like this is a, a show known for a lot of other things, but Insomniac with Dave Attell, Dave Attell singing his own theme song. As far as like cheap reality <laughs> shows went. This is a good. I love this yeah, show. I, yeah. I, I own this on DVD, like a commercially released wow. DVD. Because oh, David Tell God. is one of the funniest human beings on the planet, mm-hmm. and I, I hope he stays. He still looks exactly the same, but I worry about mm-hmm. him sometimes. Mm-hmm. Still smoking. This show was great, and he I think he was still drinking through most of it. And the, the premise was he was a comedian. He traveled the country doing comedy shows, but he liked to stay up and drink. And, and then it just became this fascinating thing, like um, not unlike Mike Rowe's Dirty Jobs, to where like, see what jobs are performed Love that. After mm-hmm. 11 o'clock. And, Great premise. And yep. he, yeah, he spent one day on like on, on a soap opera set because Love. like they get started at like yes. 1 a.m. Yeah. and um, or cleaning possums out of like that uh, estuary that New Orleans pumps its water out of <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, or morticians or the Brooklyn Association of Black Horseback Riders. Like uh, yes. all this weird, crazy shit, usually mm-hmm. with a little bit of alcohol <laughs> in it. And like, as far as reality shows go goes, I love this show. And mm-hmm. I'm really not a reality show person, but David Tell says yeah. something funny every five seconds. And this was pretty weird. Yeah. Dur- Dirty Jobs is a good comparison. Yeah. I hadn't even mm-hmm. thought of that because I I was working nights at this point. And I was, you were? I, it's like, 
newspaper newsrooms are not very interesting at night, mm-hmm. but like we 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 would we would have appreciated the attention. Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, mostly if it's going to be after one a.m., it's generally the print guys, and there's like a couple editors around. Mm-hmm. But that's how people get their newspapers on their front yeah. door at five, six in the morning is because mm-hmm. I was working swing shift till like one in the morning. Oof. And so, yeah, I was I was appreciating it because I tended to not go out too much after work because I just worked and I'm tired. Mm-hmm. But I always appreciated like the going to places like, yep, no, OK, there was one time I went to a place like that. That was a mistake. Yeah. That's cool. And like who you see on the road when you're driving home late at night mm. from work in, sometimes you see end up seeing the same trucks over and over and you're like, I wonder what that guy does. And you're like, hey, Stan. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, remember, oh, yeah. I, I remember just thinking as a, a teenager, you know, I'm driving home, probably had a few. It's like three in the morning. I take off my hat so I look like a normal person. Mm-hmm. But it's like, why wouldn't a cop pull everybody over up at this late? And like, oh, yeah, because there's like all these jobs that operate when the rest yeah. of us are asleep mm-hmm. or drunk. And I just thought this show was a really interesting look at that, going down in the sewers and shit. And like, uh, yeah. especially when the, the episodes were in New York or and then like two seasons later, they start traveling abroad. Um, That's and cool. I remember one of the a notable episodes where they go to Alaska, where like there's they're up all night. But the, the show always ended with like the sun coming up where they fake right. it or not. But Alaska was just like the sun <laughs> does not go down. Right. We are up all night in air quotes. Um, and, Oof. Oh, see Christopher Nolan's insomnia. Like, uh, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, but I, I really like this show. I think it's really funny. Uh, Dave Attell was so famous from this show mm-hmm. that he had an insomniac tour that I also bought on DVD. Mm. And he is headlining. And he's headlining a show with him and, um, oh, I forget the other guy. I'm going to feel terrible. But uh, Doug Stanhope and Dane Cook. So huh. ah. okay. Dave Attell is peddling around Dane Cook. Yep. At this point, because that's how popular the show is, the Insomniac Tour. But I love the show. It's almost all on YouTube. Cool. Um, and I, I might be on Paramount Plus. I'll have to check with Sarah. But I I don't know if I could binge watch it, but it was always fun to watch later. Um, I want to dip mm-hmm. into it a yeah. little bit because I also really like David Tell. So funny. Yeah, just yeah. a fun personality guy. I really. And he had that show, Bumping Mics, right? It's re- three episodes of greatness. Oh, um. I loved that. I loved. It was so good. They, yeah, him and Jeff Ross insulting each other. Yes. And, then, <laughs> and uh, if David Tell's latest special is just like, man, there's no one as good as this dude. He is really fucking great. I like great. him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really funny. Just a, a, a sad joke machine. All he can do is make the best yep. jokes. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> one of my favorite comedy special titles, Captain Miserable. <laughs> um, uh, I just I remember the couple ones where he went overseas and I did not realize that the Berlin special is called Isomniac Tung Baby. <laughs> Coming in September, bitches. Cool. And um, I'm surprised. I thought we talked about this thing that this would be an eventuality, this actor playing this person. I didn't know it already happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of breakout roles. Yeah. Um, I mean, someone who had already been on Freaks and Geeks, which the critics love, but nobody watched. And then right. this is kind of him really getting introduced to people on a TNT movie that only went to TNT because they'd been trying to make it for like 15 fucking years. Wow. And they should have known better. But yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, is it just called James Dean? <laughs> yeah. It is. And a bunch of people. I'm and not it's gonna... not about the porn star, y'all. Oh, God. No. Oh, Thank God. God. Uh, but, but it does co-star Michael Moriarty, who's supposed to be one of like the most horrible people to work with ever. Oh no! So, <laughs> and has gone a little bit insane. 
Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I've listened to a pretty fun law and order podcast. That <laughs> they talk about like, yeah, oh, wow. he had a thing about like, I won't look other actors in the eye. Cause like they'll steal my mojo. So they oh, had like boy. a pie plate on a stick that he had to act across. Oh, boy. You better yeah, be really fucking good, man. And he's fine. <laughs> and, but James Franco is in like uh, James Dean. I don't know. Diana can speak probably more eloquently on James Dean, but like Rebel Without a Cause is on the other day. And like I disappear into that film. I think he's fantastic. Mm. I think he's yeah. a wonderful talent that uh, died too soon. And it looked like James Franco was not only modeling his career and choices and look off of him, but also like genuinely his DNA. Mm. And he looks a lot like James Dean. DNA. Uh, ooh, DNA on TNT TV movie with JF Franco. Uh, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. His talent made him a star. Okay, James Dean is next. James Dean. <laughs> seems ridiculous. Yeah, I'm an actor because it's the best way I know how to express myself. I'm not very good with talking. <laughs> the kid I want to go with, Macal. Mr. Kazan, that young man is Cal. Is he really as difficult as everyone says he is? He is a teensy man. <laughs> Come on, old man. I guess that's a wrap for today. His past made him a mystery everybody thinks i'm great except you wrong kid dad wrong kid dad <laughs> Oof. and it, what he yeah. made like he made like three movies giant and yeah. east of eden and yeah yeah did Terrible. i get them i'm just just checking with my movie nerd friend it's it hits so like there's no way to avoid cliches you're trying to tell the story of someone's life in 96 minutes yeah. that's like mm-hmm. wait fucking short but at least his like, life is short his life is yeah his career is short like you can do it yeah uh, and they get they they frame a lot of it about like yeah he had this terrible relationship with his dad where his dad just rejected him and he never really understood why and it's like okay they use that sort of as a as a central theme and framing device uh they lightly imply that he was bi without mm-hmm. ever actually going into it. And they spend a lot of time on his relationships with women. Hmm. Um, it's yeah. really fun watching Rebel Without a Cause as a very gay movie. It, oh, it's like, very gay. It enhances it quite a bit, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Salmedio. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. So I would just overall, like, you're, they did as good as they're going to do, but obviously they're going to fall into a whole bunch of cliches because you need the shorthand to move things along. I do like Enrico Colatone as Ilya Kazan. I think that wow. was actually kind of fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mostly because every time I see him, I just think about Galaxy Quest and him being like the main, the main alien guy. Oh, yeah. I always think about Veronica Mars. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and my my girlfriend hung a bunch of pictures of influential people around my house, and I look at them every day when I should. Uh, so I think about James Dean far more oh, than I need I was you. Like, Enrico Colatani. No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, only his Galaxy Quest he's outfit. Great, Hello. but <laughs> yes. um, yeah. But yeah, now it's good. But you know, James Franco has had issues. Yeah, but yeah, I can't think of anyone better to cast that it pisses me off where it's like they they were trying to do this with like dicaprio for a long time which mm-hmm. is like eh, eh, mm. too easy yeah no nah. i i just it, watching this with t- the, watching the trailer because i did not watch the movie but watching the trailer when i was looking for it with 2021 eyes 2021 <laughs> 2021 mm-hmm. eyes mm-hmm. It, like it made it <laughs> It made it look like it was from Tropic Thunder, like a <laughs> fake. I'm sorry. Just the way he's like. It's using the track. Uh, the- I'm doing my hard acting face. Like, I was kind of like. Oh. You'll see. Yeah. I'll be the biggest actor ever in 1955. <laughs> <laughs> 
or whatever. He, yeah. Oh, Jamesine, if you don't stop racing those Porsches, <laughs> it'll be the death of you. What did he want to Just, get into acting for? He's already racing Porsches. Well, he wasn't. He started doing that after he started acting. Just watch Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Yeah. Okay. Every time we hit one of these, I just want to tell people to watch Walk Hard because there's something in it for everyone because it's an amazing movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, it's on Netflix right now. Go watch it. I just went to a, a friend's beach house with no cable, trash, television, or uh, Blu-ray player. And he, when I walk in the door, he makes a Walk Hard reference. I'm like, I'm glad you mentioned that because I only had time to steal a movie from my parents' house. And boom, pulled out the Walk Hard nice. DVD. Yeah. It's one of six things we can watch. Uh, <laughs> let's hope we can. Hope we. I'm glad we both like it. Oh, I, uh, I miss those days. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, video games of 2001. There has never been a time in the history of the show I have known as little about <laughs> two video games in my life. But uh, out this week. Tweety in the Magic Gems. Yes, it's the Tweety you're thinking of. Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> and, and Golden Sun, a Nintendo franchise, one of the few I don't, I, I got nothing. Hmm. Okay. I, I know nothing. Yeah. I got it with the Ambassador program. I've never touched it. But uh, with that, it wraps up our 2001 segment. But please, people, I really want you to stick around for 2011 as I. Uh, oh, no. Oh, that, that meme of that guy bowling, and it's a me. And the pins are Diana and Sarah, and the bowling ball says Planet of the Apes lore. <laughs> oh, <That's>, no. <laughs> that, 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 Actually, <laughs> I'm thinking of the meme of the the girl and the guy in the club, and the guy's got his hand around the back of her neck, like <laughs> obviously like yelling in her ear, because that's basically been my experience with you in this movie. I kept it nice the other night. Did, <laughs> did I not? Yes. I showed restraint. Um, and there's no real lore to talk about. It's just a fucking great film. But stay right there, people. Going out with the strokes, and we'll see you once again 10 years later in 2011. Don't move. is internet and all the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner we go even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watch and for the week of july 30th through august 5th i have two upbeat fun recommends that have nothing to do with each other whatsoever and one of them i'm just going to throw out here just for funsies because it's 90 years old august 1st 1931 saw the release of the smiling lieutenant uh directed by ernst lubich and uh, starring marie chevalier uh miriam hopkins and claudette colbert I kind of don't expect any of you to have seen this or watch it or know anything about it. I just throw it out there because I love Ernst Lubitsch so much. He makes very silly comedies that are actually much smarter than you realize. And especially with stuff before they started like censoring things, they get like really suggestive for a 90 year old movie. Like, oh yeah, like everybody be fucking in these. And yes, yeah, Maurice Chevalier, we all know him from like singing like these ho 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 ho. And he's just like really charming and fun. And they're just like, he's romancing everyone. They're singing. That's suggestive. And yeah, I just thought I'd throw out their uh, Smiling Lieutenant, especially Trouble in Paradise. I get to talk about Trouble in Paradise next year, which is like so many jokes. And this is like, 
<gasps> there are children present. 1932. Oh, my. So, anyway, movie I really want to recommend that I hope people have heard of, but I think a lot of them didn't have it, especially in the U.S., but in the U.K., massively popular. 40 years ago this week, 1981, saw the release of Escape to Victory, also known just in the U.S. as Victory, starring Michael Caine, Sylvester Stallone, Max von Sydow, and Pele. And yeah, and it is honestly one of the best sports movies ever made. I, I think it needs to be added into the conversation. We talk about great sports movies because it's basically slobs versus snobs, except the slobs are allied POWs and the snobs are the actual Nazis. And it's about them having like an exhibition game of soccer against each other. And yeah, they, they got to cobble together a team from these POWs. Uh, some of them are played by, you know, actual footy stars of the time. I mean, what's his name? Bobby Moore? I'm sorry. I'm like, yeah, Bobby Moore, who was, uh, I think, captain of the 66 World Cup team that actually won the World Cup for England and directed by John Huston, who was just making all kinds of stuff at this point. Like, it's he's all over the place. I think his next movie is going to be Annie. It, it makes no sense. I don't know what he's doing with his career at this point, but somehow it all comes together. It's just like an incredibly enjoyable fun movie to watch so escape to victory slash victory i think it's on hbo max under escape to victory 40 years old this week if you've never heard of it really fun sports movie and that's it for this week stay classic memory laid up in the headlights it's got me reminiscing on the good times Turning off a real life driving, that's right. I'm hitting easy street on mud tires. Back in the day, Potts Farm was a place to go. Load the truck up, hit the dirt road, jump the barbed wire. Welcome back to 2020, 2011, actually. We're 10 years in the future, and I know Diana's Classic Corner 30 through for a loop. We have a little announcement about that in just a second. But I was more shocked uh, coming in with Dirt Road Anthem by Jason Aldean. It's on the charts this week. It's like our second country music song yeah. bringing us into 2011 because mm-hmm. uh, what is happening to music? Oh, my God. It's maybe Who like knows? Uh, well, I remember at this time country music was like saving the record industry. Yeah, so they yeah. tripled down yeah. on it because like people were still buying albums. You know, it's always the things that people shit on the most, like how romance novels save the publishing industry. Mm. <laughs> Put a little respect on their name is all I'm saying. Ooh, all right. Yeah, were... there's some good country coming out at this point. Mm-hmm. I didn't. It's one of these things I didn't really realize at the time, and then I go back and listen to these to find songs. And I'm like, oh shit, I like this too. All right, okay. all right, I'm gonna try it. And um, new music releases also include um, "Hold On Till Hold On Till the Night" by Grace and Chance. That is not the song I'm thinking of. It's 2011. No, Hold and on I almost went. Almost went with this because Grace and Chance uh, is a little little kid that they clearly thought like, "Oh, this guy could be Justin Bieber." You like Justin Bieber? We have an even younger one. Ew, <laughs> that's yeah, you is weird that ladies. What we liked about Justin Bieber? <laughs> you tell young me. Is? That's weird. You tell me, baby, baby, baby. Oh, what did you like about him? <laughs> Um, and then Proud to Be Here by Trace, Trace Atkins, more country, uh, In Waves by Trivium is also out this week. And Party Rock Anthem by LMFAO is still number one. Listeners, you like Classic Corner. Personally, my favorite part of 302010 because I sit here and get to listen just like all of you and uh, shut my mouth and just enjoy. Well, Sarah, I think it was Sarah, Diana yeah. had the idea to maybe for patrons at patreon.com slash laser time extend that discussion into an extra show every month. <gasps> So here we go. This week, you guys will be able to sample the first ever Classic Corner full show. 
with Diana, Sarah, and um, the weakest link, myself. And, <laughs> and have, uh, have we settled on the title? No one puts classic in the corner because I really like that. Yeah, <laughs> at, at, at least I feel for like now. That came to me in a dream. <laughs> <laughs> No one puts classic in the corner. Episode one, July. Let's make sure that the letters don't spell out something bad, though. <laughs> oh, okay. Not like Jimmy Eat World. That's not bad. Yeah. But um, we have a yeah. The very first episode. This is the point. Even if you don't like it, even if you you maybe are not interested, I encourage patrons to listen and give feedback. Because anything you have to add to the the subject again is what makes the whole thirty twenty ten process special. These but these movies are especially the one you just talked about in the break. Sarah showed it to me. I'm like, I really want to see that. And talk about it. Movies that don't get talked about as much mm-hmm. as maybe stuff we're talking about in 30, 2010. Mm-hmm. So, That's pretty much what classic, like why I demanded classic corner be a part of the show for me mm-hmm. to participate. It's like, I just like, I don't want to point out, Oh, this is great art film. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's a lot of good movies out there. that are just, uh, they're just well-made and yep. they're fun and people would like them. And maybe they haven't heard of them. Right. Or I just want to like point out something that I just especially like. Yeah. And and deserves reappraising or deserves rewatching or yeah, whatever. I know y'all aren't gonna watch the ninety year old Ernst Lubitsch movie and that's okay. But maybe someone will and they will discover mm-hmm. Ernst Lubitsch. I, you can attest me to me I don't look at my phone when you do these. I sit here and generally pump my fist because I'm as surprised <laughs> as what you're going to bring up as the listener is. I have no you're idea. you're like, great Muppet caper. Yeah! yeah. yeah. Woo! <laughs> very excited. It's, sometimes it's Planet of the Apes or something noiry. I'm, 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 I'm half as, eh, not half as cultured, but like we both like our old movies. Yeah. I watch my TCM every weekend. Well, I thought it'd be a good way like we said, to open up everyone's horizons a little bit yeah. more and also to let Diana talk for even longer about <laughs> the movies that she recommends because so many times in class, I'd be listening to Classic Corner and think, wow, I wish I had watched that, you mm. know? And because, of course, when say, someone says something on a podcast, I forget it forever <laughs> and it goes away. Mm-hmm. But doing this has been really fun because you get to yeah. hear even more about these cool movies and it's given me a chance to expand my horizon. Yeah, and give me some credit. Sometimes I'm happy because I know the movie and right. I, I don't get to talk about it. Yeah. And um, yeah. very and rarely like- has Diana brought me in like, okay, we're not going to talk about Planet of the Apes, <laughs> the original. <laughs> that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's super. Yeah. It's been super fun for us. So yeah, let's. Yeah. And I love getting the feedback yeah. because mm-hmm. so many of these movies I've thrown out are things that yeah, like you, Chris has heard of and Sarah hasn't seen, and yeah. so like yeah, get a little bit totally. of feedback. Was I right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Did yeah. you like it, or were you like, oh my god, that was yeah. so boring? And yeah. spoiler alert for this week. Yeah, you were totally right about the movie that you recommended for this week. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and um, uh, when I met Diana, this is what we talked about. I think I mentioned that in the intro of the show. Like, she knew all the old movies I'd heard of but couldn't find. Mm -hmm. And as the world sort of opened up, we can all enjoy them together. That's just never been a better time to do something like this. So... (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Sarah, for pushing us to do this. Thank Diana for just having the knowledge yeah. and <laughs> willing to be on mic. And thank me for introing it. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, that you provided is, the microphones. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Okay, so slam hard back into 2011. Patreon.com slash laser time for that. No one puts classic in the corner. We've agreed. That's what it's called. <laughs> okay. That's what it's called. Let's do it. All right, slam back into 2011. Hard. Wow, Lollapalooza, a two-day festival in Chicago. What decade is yeah. this? What are we talking about? Yeah, we're talking about 2011 because 
when I hit that, oh, we in 1991, we just talked about the very first Lollapalooza going mm -hmm. on tour. And I really wanted to know, like, when did that stop? I found out it took breaks, but it stopped touring, but is now just a festival in Chicago. Mm. Oh, cool. And there's also now one in Chile. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Longest coastline in the world. Did you know that? I did a report on Chile in the seventh grade. Uh, but the inaugural festival in Chile um, launched in acts include CeeLo Green, Eminem, Arctic Monkeys, Foo Fighters, Dead Mouse, and the Mountain Goats. Mm. Ooh, the Mountain Goats. Yeah, man. Yeah, I love them. Love our Mountain Goats. Um, yeah, the only, only band with an album named after my hometown. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and movies of 2011, we're talking about July 30th through August 5th. Uh, the Devil's Double is out with Dominic Cooper, Philip Quath, uh, Ludovine, I'm not saying all these. Um, Ludovine Sanier, Oisa, Mehmet Ferda. So I found out this is actually like a Dutch-Swedish co-production. I had no idea the, where the money for this came from. It's a European co-production. And it's about a guy who was... Uday Hussein's body double. Whoa, okay. Uh, of Saddam Hussein's older son, the real piece of shit one. Even, yeah, I mean, they all they all had body doubles to be assassinated first, uh, yeah. just in case someone made a move. Although the guy who tells this story and says he was the body double, there's a lot of holes in his story, so mm. this should not be taken as fact at all. Ooh. But if you just take it, even if you take it as just pure fiction, like it's pretty good because it's like. It's very tense because mm -hmm. obviously you're dealing with a guy who's pretty much a psychopath who can get away with ever, whatever he wants and you have to keep him happy. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that is scary. Uh, Dominic Cooper plays both guys. He plays Uday and he plays the body double. And some of it is documented like that Uday killed a guy uh, in the middle of a party with those like electric carving knives. <gasps> yeah. Wow. So yeah, some of it is true. A lot of it is factually not great but dominic cooper in particular he's just he's really good at it hmm. it looked super and, interesting and yeah unfortunately couldn't get to it but what a great topic to dive into yeah. yeah and where did we just see him we just saw him in captain america first adventure that's right he plays uh older stark oh guy. yeah howard stark he plays the younger yeah. version of howard stark yeah the younger not john what's his name slattery right. Sl slattery's version of howard yeah. stark yep. um and Man, hard pivot into the change-up. Ryan Reynolds, damn it. Jason Bateman, Leslie Mann, Olivia Wilde, Alan Arkin. I didn't see it, but my co-hosts are moaning. Uh, Sarah's mouth is so What's going on right with now. Jason Bateman at this point? I mean, rem Jason Bateman spent, like, uh, I think 20, 20 years of his life wondering if he'd ever work again. So I think once Hollywood came calling, like, what do you yeah, need? What do you need me to do? Uh, wasn't very selective. This is... Mm -hmm. He wasn't being selective. Um, and the, the change-up, ladies and gentlemen. Dave's a family man. Can you put it down? Mitch isn't. You want to come to my dance recital? The only style of dancing that Uncle Mitch likes involves a big shiny pole. From the director of Wedding Crashers. I envy your life. I, I wish, wish I, I had your life. Switch happens. Holy! What the? You respect my life. You respect mine. On August 5th. Shut up. Stop crying. Ah! Be careful what you wish for. The woman is nine months pregnant. I've always been so damn picky. I could see the baby's face. The change-up. <laughs> so... Dumb. Oh, you have no idea. What a dumb, <laughs> dumb, dummy, dumb, dumb, dumb premise. Freaky Friday. It's Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday. It's been done a million for times. two straight white men of similar ages. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm so tired of. Hey, 
Fuck my wife. I want to go to strip clubs. Take your friend to a strip club. You don't have to switch bodies to do any of the things that are weird. And, you <laughs> hey, know, help me. Want to be my god, my the, the godfather to my to my kid? Like none of this has to happen for them to learn or grow. Whereas a kid switching places with their mom or a boy switching places with a girl is a more interesting premise. This is not interesting at all. <laughs> like, no, oh my god, this movie. What? Go ahead. Sorry, sir. Is straight hot garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I am upset. I watched it. I watched it all. Why? Still oh unclear. Oh, my God. You watch all. I just like, no. I started it. I got about five minutes in. I skipped to the middle. Like, does this pick up? No. No? All right. No. Fuck this. No. Nope. Uh-uh. I'm mad at everyone in it. They're all better than this. <laughs> yes. Everyone's better than this. It even has bad wig work. <laughs> but you know how I feel about that. I mean, yeah, after all those RuPaul shows, that's inexcusable. There's Ryan so many Reynolds is people. wearing a very weird hairpiece during parts of this. I don't know why even. Making Deadpool? With, uh, yeah, no idea. Unclear. <laughs> but truly, truly upsetting movie. Crude and crass in ways that are not clever or fun. Like just dropping words that we don't use anymore for absolutely no reason weird by the main character by like the ryan reynolds character which is like we don't need him to say things like that in order to understand that he's like a wild and crazy guy who like (laughs) doesn't have any like commitments or you know whatever he doesn't need to like you know use the r word or whatever which he does like it's just it is also too it's like kind of like when those movies where why are these people friends yeah you know like they don't seem to like each other very much mm-hmm. clearly don't have the same life goals yeah. how do you hang out are you, you yeah. should, are you brothers no, if, yeah if they were friends in college they would maybe like each other's pictures on facebook now they would have drifted apart and mm-hmm. not really talk to each other anymore mm-hmm. yeah i don't want to get into it but i will say that sarah said she wasn't going to talk about this is the only reason i looked into this at all there there is a scene towards the beginning that is a baby changing scene that is something that should have just never been put to film like I don't even understand why they kept it in before how disgusting it is so much worse than you described to me it's really bad I don't know I'm not gonna describe it oh I will you want to watch it I will because she she didn't want to talk about it and all right I'm just warning people I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up and I go to YouTube uh, typing with my two fingers the change up and then just like all of a sudden auto load baby scene baby shit baby like so what he drops a diaper on the floor Mm -hmm. and then looks back at his baby is baby a girl i think it's a boy a boy well he has twins but i think and he looks back and like full-on like hd baby genitals yeah and then cg his asshole starts to move yeah his butt and ass like fucking Thousands of dollars of effects work into this baby's asshole. And and then it starts to quiver and Jason Bateman's like, oh no. And projectile shit into his face open and then mouth. open mouth. And Aww. it's just like, I, I, I want to talk to every crew member who was a part of this film. Because the, <laughs> the, the poop isn't CG. Like someone had to fire that in the Jason's basement's mouth. But the baby's asshole, like there is a naked baby spread eagle 
probably in positions that shared on certain websites would put you in prison. And then given CG animation. <laughs> There's a lot of baby CG in this movie, by the way, which is disturbing. Only good baby CG is Ally McBeal, and I stand by it. Fair. <laughs> but yeah, just because the joke is, is that, you know, when Ryan Reynolds is inside Jason Bateman, which is the only way I want to put that. Um, <laughs> I filled that. <laughs> um, that he's like, take, he, he, oh, he doesn't know how to be a parent. So of course he puts this baby next to a knife block and then the baby grabs a knife and is waving it around totally CG'd like uh-huh. it is inexplicable <laughs> I just why look up the baby it's so much in this movie. worse than it could have than it should have been yeah. or needed to be like yeah. I just it tur- it's just it's off-putting it's for very everyone. upsetting for everyone no one no one saw this movie expecting scenes like that no <laughs> this movie expecting no like I am angered <laughs> Sarah didn't want to talk about this, but because I went and looked at it, I had to. I I'm knew sorry. you were going to talk about no, it. No, the sorry. world needs to know that this is not just like a, oh, wacky. Uh, the, Warning, wacky CG baby asshole and poop eating. buttholes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's truly shocking, especially from these people. Like, I don't know. I just like would expect it from like a lower, you know, like you a B movie or something. You would better from these people. You yeah. can do better than this. Yeah, yeah, we know that they're There'll better. There'll be better movies from these people this year. So, like, why is this in your repertoire? I yeah. will say the only good thing that I will say about this movie is that I do think there is a more interesting movie sure. between about the relationship between Jason Bateman and Leslie Mann, like as a husband and wife, because <laughs> they're they're they do get a little bit into their relationship and like things that have gone wrong in it. And I wanted I could have watched that movie. It would have been a totally different movie. <laughs> been, this but is forty two. They re- yeah, they really like touched on an interesting. Interesting marital dynamic there, but huh. you know, okay. Was it was it one of you guys who was saying that Freaky was okay? I yeah, loved it. I, I loved it. Was it. Great. it. It was okay. really awesome. I was like, I know that there was a body swap movie yeah. fairly recently awesome. that was supposed to be at least doing something different. Yeah. Vince, oh, I quite Vince enjoyed Vaughn it. Is a serial killer who swaps bodies with a what would you call her teenage um, girl teenage girl yeah i think they're in high school and, and vince vaughn spends the whole movie like delicately running like her and it's really <laughs> so fun good. to watch it's, it's really so fun good. he does such a good job i loved that movie it's it's oh, yeah. really, oh watch it again this year yeah man freaky is freaky is not bad it's really fun and uh wow sarah's on board with me god i hope i can get her to ride in this next movie i don't i watched it with you and you, you saved you your opinions yeah yeah until just now i don't want to have my feelings mm-hmm. hurt because after last week we talked about one of my favorite franchises worst moments mm-hmm. and it is very bizarre 10 years later almost to the day it's resurrected again mm-hmm. and i think this is one of the high points for the series uh, I remember reading this movie began as a remake of the fourth movie or the second movie, if you're going chrono- chronologically. Oh, dear. And <laughs> I'm not going to do this to you. It's not necessary. Yeah. Um, uh, not necessary. Wait, oh, yeah, please don't. Because there is time travel involved. So uh, no, there's a split, a split timeline, yes. Uh, right. That and, uh, makes things too confusing. But th- it, it, this did start as a remake of Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. The okay. idea, right. dogs and cats are dead. We keep apes as slaves all of a sudden they develop the ability to talk and don't like being slaves and rise up and fight humans for like an hour it got an r rating in the 70s Mm. it's fucking great Mm -hmm. and the r-rated version is on the dvd you can buy Mm. uh this is this is the second bet it's a it started as a remake of the second best planet of the apes movie and i I really admire that because I did not want to see like ah it was Earth again shit again <laughs> no. and it's Earth ah oh, fuck um, yeah, I, we already did Abraham Lincoln who <laughs> this time I was like 
Thomas Jefferson tape. Oh no! <laughs> How many other monuments can we throw in here? Oh my God! Okay. Oh, what have they done? Oh, you bastards! You blew it up, you maniacs! Oh, I, I, no, I can't even come up with anything. But like, uh, but this is a, a triumphant return from Planet of the Apes, but it isn't a remake of the original. It's a remake of the one. People loved the 70s, but people in the 2000s don't know anything about. So it makes it awesome. And they don't really wear that on its sleeve because it is kind of its own new thing. You don't have to, have to know anything about Planet of the Apes, but you start way earlier uh, mm. in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. David O'Yellowo, oh, one of the best fucking villains ever. Uh, <laughs> David Hewlett, Brian Cox, Tom Felton, John, John Lithgow, Andy Serkis, the star of the show, whoever the fuck... Did I say Malfoy? Whatever his actor, the actor's yeah, name yeah. is. Yeah, Felton. There he is. Frida Pinto and James Franco. Again, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. You've been invited here to make history. This drug could save millions of lives. We test one subject. I want to make sure it's stable. Oh, he's a smart one, isn't he? You told him to sign? Just a handful of things. Caesar's skills far exceed that of a human. Something's aren't meant to be changed. That ship's company property. Keep your emotions out of it. We have a responsibility. We will proceed with or without you. You have no idea what you're dealing with. Of the Planet of the Apes, um, a movie I have very rarely clapped my hands like the chimps themselves. So, <laughs> so hard. I was so happy the whole time. Uh, I didn't think this franchise could be resurrected again and done in any new or modern way. And Rupert Wyatt, the original director, like surprised the absolute shit out of me and mm-hmm. made this very, very, I, I would call the weirdest blockbuster I've ever seen in theaters. <laughs> it's It's slow. And weird. Mm-hmm. The biggest problem in the first act is Alzheimer's and bureaucracy. Yeah. And and then, which by the end, an orangutan is throwing a manhole through a police car. Yeah. And <laughs> it's the perfect film for me. And every one of these movies gets better after that. Mm. A truly watershed moment for uh, Weta Digital, who had done the effects oh, yeah. of most of, most of Peter Jackson's movie. If you were around, I remember it was the Quick Time Player days, and it's like they were the first people to like. We're releasing a three-second teaser tomorrow. Be there. And it was just Caesar's eyes in his cell, just like, and making a facial expression. Everyone's like, what the fuck? Nobody expected that shit. This, these realistic-looking apes um, with, with human expressions? I think the effects are astonishing mm. and hold up really well. And at some point, I had to talk, have a serious talk with Sarah off mic about <laughs> oh, no. what Tom Cruise told you to turn off on your television because you definitely had not had a turn off. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, I watched it, I watched this with Sarah and Sam a couple nights ago huh. and it's just like, I, 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 if you haven't heard me say this, um, they have quietly George Lucas these films the whole time they've been made. I've watched this on television that doesn't look the same as on my 4K Blu-ray because they updated the effects as the technology improved over the six years of making the films because wow. um, they take three years in between and y'all had that motion smoothing on. We I'm pretty sure we did not. You did you had you definitely did. I'll take it up with my but, husband. But you definitely did cuz like there was smoothing that affects the humans more than the the effects looked worse hmm. uh when you mm. had that on. So make sure you had that off when you watched. Okay. Didn't want to be a bitch about it while we were watching. No, I just I I think they did they did a really good job of figuring out how do we get from point A regular times right now right. to point B Planet of the Apes where yeah, 
apes evolved from men and mm. you know we're a bunch of idiots and apes are super smart and in charge and it's like oh they figured out a way to get there and yeah. it's deep blue sea yeah that's what bit. i said she, this is said, it, she said exactly sea. that sarah had never seen it and said that in the first 20 minutes yeah have you seen deep blue sea i believe you said yeah <laughs> yeah i think that's very clever the idea that no we're experimenting with something that works on the human brain why would we do that well because of alzheimer's mm-hmm. okay yeah it's sure my, my the this is the worst movie of the three and by that i mean they all get really good as they go and there's a couple things in here that keep this from being the perfect film but there's a lot of leaps in logic that they, they have a lot to get through they have to destroy humanity yeah and yeah. their ability to speak and it's mildly uncomfortable because the oh, post credits mildly uncomfortable i find it ex- it was uncomfortable 10 years ago and now i'm just like yeah we're so fucked yeah we're so fucked because i won't let the government tell me that i should live in fear by putting a fucking bandana on my fucking face and i should be able to cough on anyone i want wow you're right the the, the people who lose aren't wearing masks in, in this movie get fucked the most mm-hmm. a mask would have saved several million people in this movie <laughs> uh wow didn't think yeah. about it like that at all oh, because no, that the, the fact that yeah it turns into a pandemic and that's what it is that fucks up the human race it's like mm-hmm. that oh that hits differently now man. Mm-hmm. please get vaccinated that's why we have variants because we've been letting it tear through people god damn it and um I, mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how much to talk about because I, I love this. I love this film. It's a I, when I say it began as a remake of Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. I think that's how it got off the ground. It it's not mm-hmm. the same film at all. No. Uh, but no. It, it, there's no Ricardo Montalban for no <laughs> <laughs> uh, greatest circus manager I've ever I've ever seen in film. Uh, it's its own unique thing. It's very modern. Uh, it holds up very well. The references to Planet of the Apes stuff are some of my favorite that I've seen and also the most confusing because they're watching a Charlton Heston movie on television at mm. one point and also watching the Icarus rocket go up, the one that Charlton Heston takes. This is all Again, too much. Why would you name your rocket that? <laughs> I know, I, I know. Why would you call yeah. your rocket the Icarus? Don't fly it too high. But the funniest one that I really want people to know, and this is going to be a mild spoiler, because... We just watched 2001 Planet of the Apes right. and Charlton Heston saying, get your heads off me, you stinking human. I'm like, thanks for taking me out of the movie. That was awful. Bad joke. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't have done it. Ruined, like ruined 20 minutes of this movie. Don't do it. And and Malfoy has all these weird, like he's torturing the apes. I'm like, yeah, it's a fucking madhouse in here. I'm like, whoa, that's a really good way to address that line. And then like Caesar has quietly unbeknownst to Malfoy organized the apes against him. And is fucking with him, and he and he hits him with the taser, and he's like, "Get your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty!" And I remember the whole movie theater rolling; you could hear you could hear the eyes rolling harder yeah. than Fre- uh, Fred Durst on Ecstasy. Right afterwards, Caesar just go, "No!" And, and like, and an ape screams for the first time in the movie, an English word. And if you don't know, that happens in Conquest, and then that word "no" becomes the ape's N word because, like I said. Originally, the original Planet of the Apes are very heavy-handed. In the mm-hmm. fifth movie, the no word is known as the N-word, and you're not allowed to say uh, Humans are not allowed to say it to the apes. Oh. <laughs> so, but it's very important if you've watched Planet of the Apes a bunch of times. Like, <laughs> this is where that word comes from and why it's important. Okay. Uh, like, we said, we, we wrote the first word said to our oppressor is, <laughs> is no. And it has... It has beats that reward you for knowing about the original Planet of the Apes movie, but you do not have to. But I'm telling you, mm-hmm. 
I, if you like cheesy Godzilla movies, you're going to love the Planet of the Apes movies. Mm-hmm. They're really great sci-fi. And this, to me, is the best modern trilogy that has been done by a major Hollywood studio. I, I, when yeah. I say trilogy, I mean, you know, Marvel doesn't really do fucking trilogies. Civil War is a sequel to fucking Avengers. That's not a trilogy. DC obviously <laughs> shit the bed across the board. There are no real good trilogies of the 2010s. Yeah. And, um, that's, that's a good point mm. and, and this and, is perfect yeah this, yeah i kept waiting i mean when i first saw this i kept waiting for the movie to disappoint me mm-hmm. but you know the reviews are really good but so i'll give it a try and i was like well the sequel is gonna disappoint me and the sequel's pretty good everything gets better and the effects and, get better and um the effects well, are so by the by the third I, movie i forgot i'm looking at cg that never happens to me that is true it's, it's really good I, I mean the second one i guess my big complaint is well, too. By the end of the movie, nothing has changed. So it's kind of like, well, why did we just do that? Like, there's no status quo change. But also, it drives me crazy that the titles are wrong. Yeah, they should be reversed. They should be reversed. It should be called Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and the yeah. next one should be called Rise of the Planet of the Apes. And no, uh, they just yeah. didn't think of it at the time. And so because of that, like, I keep saying the wrong title. Yeah. And, ah. and, and they're, su- they're all super lame titles. That's another mm. thing I, I fear. As the original movies have great titles. I can always remember what's happening based on the titles. Yeah. Beneath, Escape, Conquest, and uh, uh, Battle. But but this, this I, I get confused too. Because yeah. they can all be inter- almost interchanged except for the last one. Because War is like really awesome. <laughs> when the apes take it to all of humanity. Yeah. It is, these are such good films. Do not sleep on them. If you don't live in America... Disney Plus has kind of added them to their streaming service oh. because they have a better, well, they have a better system for their star program or whatever. This is one of those things we we, we talk about when we want to talk about uh, the example I used years ago of Disney buying up everything. Did you like Ice Age? Too bad. Disney has frozen and they will shut down the studio that made Ice Age and you'll never get another ice movie with Scrat or John Leguizamo. Uh, Disney owns Star Wars and Marvel and will I think we'll never address this property again, even though it's well worth addressing. That really bums me out. So find these movies any way you can. If anybody from Disney is listening, this I love ape movies so much. <laughs> I really do. First movie I loved was King Kong. I'll always be into it. And I, I do hope they do something with this. Um, never mind. I, 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 I feel like I talk too much about Planet of the Apes. I'm boring everyone. No, it's but, good. Um, but but yeah. this is something I feel is going to get lost. And when you, when you, this is the reason why you don't want to see corporations swallow up a bunch of IP because they're going to forget about this. Planet of the Apes will fall to practically anything else Disney wants to remake. There will be a third Tron movie before there will be another Planet of the Apes movie. And there's no reason for that. They, they, those no. movies underperform and don't perform well critically. And Planet of the Apes moves more merchandise, but that's the way it's going to be. It's one of the reasons it bums me out that this now, is now owned by Disney, a company I f- have a lot of things in my house reflective oh, of. Yes. <laughs> but I wish they didn't own this. I really do. Yep. I'm curious to see, because it's weird that Rupert Wyatt directed this and hasn't directed very much else. No, no. He, he, this- bul- he balked on the, the idea of this movie had a release date before it had a script. And that was three years. And he's like, I'm not directing a movie. I don't know what it's going to be in three years. Are you fucking nuts? Yep. And and then you bring Matt Reeves in, who just is sort of a little more adept to the corporate system, has mm-hmm. made a lot of movies on schedules like that, yep. um, and, and very well. And the, the next two movies are even better. But like, I really I will watch anything Rupert Wyatt does on the mm. basis of how much I love Rise of the Planet yep. of the Apes. I'm, I'm curious to see 
where the screenwriters go mm-hmm. because they had that, you know, they, they were kind of as a, a couple, mm-hmm. uh, Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver, and they like bounced around and worked on stuff over here and worked on stuff over there, but they're contracted to do a bunch of Avatar sequels now. They're the guys writing the Avatar sequels well, they, instead they're... of James Cameron, which now I actually have some hope for them. <laughs> it's really rewarding when someone brings something back and it really doesn't suck this much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they obviously and... did did this with a loving hand. Yeah. Respectful, yeah. too. And kept like, there's a heavy handedness to the Ape series and it's, oh, in, yes. it's in these movies, too. Yeah. And, and I mean, so for me watching this for the first time. A, because Sam loves it too. And mm-hmm. he was so excited for all of us to watch it together. And I, not through no one's fault, well, maybe your fault. It was a little overhyped for me, I think. So I think <laughs> I went in there with some expectations that maybe were not great or what too about high. That ending? The apes assaulting San Francisco to yes. get to Muir Woods. Oh, no, I loved yeah. all that. One. But the. It takes itself very seriously. Yes. Past the point of the f- original one, I think. The original one has like camp. I think it's a little bit more self aware. James Franco is like, oof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that. He's, he's, it's a paycheck movie for him. That is my main. That was my main like quibble with this movie. Because I about, overall. What really about Andy quite... Circus though? Yeah. Oh, perfect. The, these apes I mean, performances are just so wonderful. Yeah. It's, it's and... d- the perfect amount. To get you to really care about these animals. These human expressions. Yes. It's this weird breathing. How, I mean, it's wild how he can do that and, and they can capture it so perfectly. Um, but yeah, I, my main thing that I took away that I did not enjoy is how seriously it does take itself. Um, <laughs> and especially yeah. because the sciencey parts of it are so yeah. laughably bad like they could have <laughs> tweaked some of the sciencey parts of it a little bit to make it a tiny bit more realistic and again i know we're talking about planet of the apes so i mean don't realism like isn't don't say it like that but the, the next two movies are like flawless and like they are political thrillers yeah no i i, I totally get it yeah i'm just saying that the, those are kind of my only issues with but, this but, like, but overall love but like uh yeah. I, I think that's part of Planet of the Apes. It's always been heavy-handed and always been like I, I grew up reading sci-fi novels in uh, from Arthur Clarke and Ray ba- Bradbury, and this is what those they were talking about. Like, yeah, no, I'm not. Ta- I don't think heavy-handed. I'm not talking about like messagey heavy-handed. I know. I'm but talking like, about Disney just, just bought another franchise. Like I don't know if I can really be the best space ninja. Like that's that was the story of Star Wars. <laughs> Planet of the Apes has a bigger thing to talk about. No, no. I understand that uh, yeah yeah no i'm not talking about heavy handedness as far as the messagey part of it Mm -hmm. i'm talking about lack of self-awareness as far as we are making a movie about monkeys like which is awesome apes apropos of nothing i watched every which way but loose this week for the first time (laughs) uh, because i'm just that's just where i'm at okay that's just where i'm at that's fine that's i get it that's I love monkey movies. You I sure do. King you sure Kong do. action figure. Yeah, I, I really do. Yeah. Uh, I'm not wrong. It's really funny. There was a, this article about uh, whenever Marvel would put apes on the cover of their issues, they would sell more. And then eventually did like an all ape thing for like a month <laughs> where okay. everybody was apes because people like apes. People like fucking monkeys. That's like, true. They, they dig them. That's, we got to move on, don't we? Don't we? Mm. Oh, oh wait! There's yeah. nothing in television. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Let's yeah. talk for another twenty minutes. <laughs> but but I, I I think this is definitely a record. I saw this day one great, yeah. with a bunch of my friends and people we didn't know. A packed theater, and it 
fucking pleased everyone. Yeah. Everyone yep. has positive memories of this movie. That's good and As rare. opposed to the other one. Yeah. That we talked about last week, which, <clears throat> which is not the same. And I just want to make sure people don't forget about it. Remember, like, liking this movie 10 years ago? Really good. And there's two great sequels. Or just if you think that sounds, like, really cheesy and dumb, it's mm-hmm. not what you'd expect i mean it's definitely it's not action heavy like the 2001 Mm -hmm, version mm -hmm. and it's i don't know it's because it's modern set it doesn't have the same feeling as the original one either because that like takes place in such a foreign landscape Mm -hmm. that it's like almost i'm almost don't want people to look at it through the lens of planet of the apes the series because it's a good starting point yeah as much as oh those references whatever I'm sure they're there are a bunch important. of references that went way over my head. They're, the the yeah. references that occur later in the series, I remember I recorded a YouTube video, never posted about the timeline because I am. Mm. If you add, need to ask me any questions, I am an expert on the timeline. These movies don't tie in at all. Their 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 references are superficial. Yeah, and it, it, that none of that matters even slightly. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, you're right. That shouldn't be a hang up to watching. You don't have to know anything. Yeah. Going no. into this film, video games. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite titles of any game ever, Insanely Twisted Shadow Play. <laughs> a Metroidvania where it's cachet as you play as a flying saucer. That's cool. Yeah, huh. I thought it was really, really neat. And um, it's worth remembering because Metroidvanias are genres uh, I'm kind of tired of, but this was a really unique character to play as. Shift 2 Unleashed. If you don't know what that means, Need for Speed Shift part two because they made a different needs for first speed game every year this is the second shift colon unleashed and you guys haven't done a lot of gaming podcasts with me unleashed is my least favorite word added to almost every game ever. <laughs> it, it doesn't mean anything uh it is absolutely meaningless i think it tests well somewhere i hate hmm. the word unleashed it's stupid and movies don't use it they don't ever use it <laughs> in their titles mm. never no nope. Uh, Siri- about revelations. I like revelations. Oh, yeah, that's good. And my my so- my other least favorite was chronicles. Do you mean this thing with a writer will have a story? Yeah. Is it a chronicle? Every movie's a chronicle. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Serious Sam Double D at Serious Sam um, um, in two D. Get it? And you know to bring everybody in Temple Run, one of the biggest games on iOS, mm-hmm. is uh, ten years old this week. Wow. Temple Run, baby, uh, one of the most notable free runners and. Uh, stay tuned because we're going to th- talk about who lived and who died. We're going to see why I'm so mad at Woody Harrelson because of last week Sarah fucking taking it from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but Diana, where can people find you? In you can find me on the Twitter at listenernerd l e c i n e n e r d or follow the show at thirty twenty ten podcast three zero two zero one zero podcast. And okay, what are we talking about next week? We've got a huge week for 90s animation and also heavy metal Mm. and Uh, and i know it's not heavy metal but i want it the movie no it's not heavy metal (laughs) 82 that kind of heavy metal in 2001 we have a really good spooky ghost movie with nicole kidman (gasps) oh and a little more controversially in 2011 we will be talking about oh god we're gonna talk about emma stone fixing racism for a bunch of much better black actresses oh no i cannot believe it's been 10 years since i have not seen this Mm. (laughs) yep um and um patreon.com slash laser time um we got the video game apocalypse boys again this week we're talking about playable shibuyas 
Um, yeah, one of my, our favorite districts in uh, Tokyo, which I've been a couple times. Uh, I, could, I love talking about it. We're going to be doing uh, Matt. Matt and Dave and I have done a Point Break commentary, mm-hmm. new 30, 20, 10, 30, 20, 10 games, which we have. You have at least three new episodes to look forward to. And we'll have the first ever inaugural episodes of Nobody Puts Classic in the Corner, starring It's Me, Sarah, <laughs> DG, DG Udman, and uh, <laughs> Chrissy Pissy Antista. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm getting into the show. I'm getting very fussy and hungry. It's um, true. No. no uh, but yeah, uh, patreon.com slash laser time. We exist because of you, and we would like to keep going. So why not donate something? Die. Who died? Oh man, 2001 is two of your favorites, Chris. I'm I'm so sorry. In 2001, mm. this week we lost Lorenzo Music, who's only 64, lung and bone cancer. God damn it! I uh, was I was a notorious recluse. Yeah, well, he was a writer on Smothers Brothers, Bob Newhart mm-hmm. show, uh, Mary Tyler Moore. But <laughs> everybody who's younger than 50 remembers him, remembers him as the voice of Garfield or uh, Peter Venkman. Peter Venkman on, on Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Oh, He's just yeah. so. God, that voice is so distinctive. It's he, so funny. It's like he wasn't a voice actor. He was a fucking comedy writer. He was a comedy just, writer. He had such a great, funny voice, man. And he didn't like being interviewed. And um, if you've never seen the movie twice, see the movie twice upon a time. And uh, they have a photograph of him. And that's one of the last photographs publicly available of wow. Lorenzo. He didn't really, he didn't want to be a celebrity. Hmm. Uh, didn't like being photographed. But he, his voice, if you are as old as me, you'll know from a ton of things. Uh, yeah. Garfield and Peter Venkman and Ghostbusters, most notably. Yeah, a lot of stuff. And mm. also in 2001, that's when we lost Christopher Hewitt, who was 80. Mm. He, I mean, to me, he is Roger Debris, director extraordinaire from the producers, but most people probably remember him as Mr. Belvedere. Oh. <sighs> R.I.P. R.I.P. to his balls, which he sat <laughs> on like 30 years ago. Oh, yeah. this poor guy. <laughs> that story has to come up every time we talk do you, about him. Do you know what would happen if I sat on my balls during this podcast? You would bring it up every show. Well, yes. Every show. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure to sit down with your legs spread, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I would never call you honey. <laughs> uh, no, to make fun of me. <laughs> and, uh, and who else? Uh, but also, and then in 2011, we lost Bubba Smith, who was only 66. Uh, he was an NFL defensive end and in the first six of the Police Academy movies. Oh, my. Yep. yep. Not, not Hightower. Not high, yeah, I was going to say Hightower. I am shocked when someone named Bubba dies before 70. <laughs> he almost made it. Yeah. This <laughs> says a guy who lives in the South and sees people named Bubba die every day in front of me. Bubba birthdays. Bad segue. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, birthday is a doodly doo, a ding dong doodly doodly ding dong doo. Like you mentioned that uh, Woody Harrelson turned sixty last week, mm-hmm. so let's talk about someone who is a week younger than Woody Harrelson. Okay, turning Shelly Long. This week. That would have been really amazing. Yeah, yeah, I would. I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> I should just say it was, just get out of here. No. Born July 30th, 1961 in Augusta, Georgia. Mom was a junior high school math teacher and dad was a juvie officer. Uh-uh. There's a lot of actors are actually juniors and then they drop the junior. Mm-hmm. Generally, like Robert De Niro is a junior, but mm-hmm. since his dad is a painter, not in film, he, he doesn't use the junior. Then Robert Downey was... Jr. uses a junior because his dad is in film. This guy's a third. Oh. Whoa. La, la. Yeah. Well, um, not surprising coming from Augusta. 
Ooh. That sort of well, thing happens a lot in the South. Yeah, we know that we know Augusta. Yeah. His parents broke up. He moved to with his mom to New York and made his acting debut age twelve on One Life to Live. And since then, he has pretty much not stopped working. Harry Hamlin. No. Okay. Interesting guest. Uh, I don't know. What? Wait, later I want your rationale. Why? Like, why that Soap guy? operas. Okay. He's a soapy guy. Okay. I thought he was, thought oh, it was okay. a figure skater. This is not a soapy guy. Okay. We've talked about a whole fucking ton of movies of his. A lot of them you don't even realize he's in. Uh, Quicksilver, Gardens of Stone, Cherry 2000. Kevin Bacon? Nope. He was in Quicksilver. Yeah, you're right. Uh, school Days, Red Heat, Bobby, King of New York. Uh, oh, shit. It's not James Belushi. No. Oh, He's in Red Heat. No, I know. I, keep going. Okay. Cadence, Class Action, Aquila and the Bee, Mishpas 3. Bing Rames. Nope. I thought it was uh, a black card. He did, I think, six seasons on CSI. Ted Danson. Nope. No. Coming in to replace William Peterson. He's also Ooh. in... Fled Hoodlum, Fantastic Four. Lawrence Fishburne. It is Lawrence Fishburne. Wow. I, I knew it was a black guy. Uh, we were talking about Red Heat this weekend. Sorry. Okay. Like, uh, it takes place in Russia. <laughs> yep. and we were yeah. Right, we were talking about Red Heat, me and a friend this weekend. Okay. And, okay. and we also talked about 21 Predators, Event Horizon, Pee Wee's Playhouse, Nightmare on Elm Street, Three Boys in the Hood, and The Matrix. Boom. Obviously, I had to leave out because I knew Chris would get it if I said that he went off to make a movie when he was 14 and didn't come back yeah. until he was 17. Wow, yeah. Listen to that clip we played on um, documentaries about movies. It, we, when we watch Hearts of Darkness, mm-hmm. he is so young, the way he's talking. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, I like doing stuff sometimes and sometimes I don't. It's like Lawrence Fishburne talking teenage bullshit. You should never be able to see this. And it's behind <laughs> the scenes on Apocalypse Now. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Yeah. I love it. Well, I just love that like his character lied about his age to get into the yes. army and Lawrence Fishburne lied about his age to get in his movie and it went so long that he was 17 by the time he ended. He said he was 17 <laughs> when he was 14. Yeah, two and that years movie in the movie. And so long that wow. he actually God. was 17 by the time it was done. Movie's great. Our podcast is great. Our listeners are Yeah. yeah. I am also tired. And, um, I am. I am. Wow. But we're going to close out with one of my favorite songs of all time. Having had the best summer weekend... Summertime by DJ Jazzy Jeff in the Fresh Prince. I listened to it like three times. Yeah, just I said last week when when it sit first back came out, and like, we mm-hmm. got to do this. Yes, we mm-hmm. probably just play it every week because it's At one of the best Purple. summertime jams ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it. I love it dearly. Hope you guys do too. Tell a friend about the show. Consider donating at patreoncom time. Tell us what you'd like in a classic corner show. And uh, we'll see you next week. And think of the summers of the past. Adjust the bass and let the alpine blast. Pop in my CD and let me run around and put your car on cruise and lay back because it's summertime. summertime.